Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. The trailer for this episode, for this film we're covering, has already been on this podcast. The first episode was Hard Ticket to Hawaii. In that, we played the trailer, and that is the film we are going to be covering today. The prequel to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, in that it's got, like I think it's the brother, isn't it, of the other guy from the other film. It's it's another Andy Sedaris classic. It's 1985's Malibu Express. Meet Cody Abilene, a private eye with an adoring public. He's an undercover operator. Hi, I'm May, and this is my friend Faye. With a knack for getting at the bare facts. Yeah! This is the Countess, a government agent with her own special skills. And together, they're both headed for danger on the Malibu Express. This is Kingy. In the world of high rollers, low blows and dangerous curves cody's playing a deadly new game go ahead make my day sorry babe but i gotta have some water the fbi wants him back no one should suspect anything i'm gonna nail him with a grenade the russians want him dead and the girls from the yacht next door just want him i understand you're a private investigator and cody abilene always gets his girl so park your car hide your guns and lock up your daughters cody abilene just got another case he's hard to catch you are continental hard to keep scoot your butts outside hard to figure and impossible to resist starring sybil danning Darby Hinton and five Playboy Playmates. Let him just bring you in for sex. I have a few things to fill you in on. Make tracks for the Malibu Express. No matter where you're headed, it goes all the way. Would I help any woman in distress? Yes, ma'am, I would. There's no plot to this film, however, apparently there is. Yeah, if you look on IMDb, the plot is very, very long. Yeah, I've shown it to a sentence. Good, good, because uh, none of the plot really matters. It's it, This film is, is like a, an hour and 40 minutes, I believe, yeah. um, of not really much happening at all. And when it does, who cares? Even, even when there's action scenes, yeah. there's not much happening. No, it's, it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, get on with it. Uh, the plot is a wealthy playboy slash private investigator named Cody Aberline is hired by a government intelligence operative to investigate a lead into who is selling computer technology to the Russians. Apparently. That's all I'm leaving it at. Yeah, they should put apparently on the end of that because it really happened in the film. A little bit of trivia for you. As we said before, this is considered to be the initial lethal ladies series of films. <laughs> the well-known series of films. By Andy Sidaris, but this is the only instalment with no major characters or cast members who reappear in future chapters. So, also the only links the the brother. Yes, Rowdy. 
We all remember him. One man's dream is another man's lunch. You son of a bitch. So the film starts. There's licking lips. It's a woman. She's got massive nails, and she's typing on a keyboard. Yeah, she's um, she's working in computers, as as Don mentioned. That is vital to the plot. Computers crop up at least twice yes. in this entire film. Um, this is one of them, and I think the end credits is the other. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they say computers about three times during the film. Yeah, she's typing the credits out. Um, you remember in Hard Ticket to Hawaii where he said that the credits are just there while someone goes about their business. I think that one was a uh, forklift truck. It was a warehouse, wasn't it? We were moving crates and so on. Yeah. This is just a, a lady just typing something. It's like secretarial work or something. Yeah. And she's just typing the, the entire credits Yeah. on a, a 1980s computer screen. You know, I'm a big fan of the and where you give somebody you don't know who they are and they give the character name that you don't know who that is either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the hard ticket to Hawaii now. It was, mis- it was Mr. Chang, wasn't it? Yes. Or something Peter like Bromelow. Yeah, Peter Bromelow is Mr. Chan. Yeah. <laughs> so things like that, that. That's the kind of thing I like. This film, almost everybody in the credits has their character name and a special appearance and introducing and with. And yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous the amount of people in this. You've got, first of all, the music in the background I thought was the dueling banjos from Deliverance at the first <laughs> point, but it does change slightly. Sybil Danning, obviously, as a special appearance as Contessa Luciana. You've got Nikki Dantine, or Dantine, not sure, as Lady Chamberlain. And introducing Laurie Sutton. And uh, yeah, no idea who any of those are. You've got four Playboy Playmates who are just named as Playboy Playmates. And again, no character on those, just who they actually are. You've got Mr. Universe, John Brown, as Luke. You've got Mr. Arizona, which is not quite as big as the universe, I don't think, So, but still, he's a, he's a big lad. Uh, Richard Bros as Mark. You've got Miss Overdrive, Suzanne Regard as Sexy Sally. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, this is before you even get the film. You've probably turned off already about this point. You're just like, I'm not watching this. An off-the-wall appearance as the Buffington family. You've got Ab Dixon as P.L., Busty O'Shea as Doreen and Randy Rudy as Bobo. I fucking hated that family as well. Turn it off. Turn the film off now <laughs> and save yourself another 95 minutes. Yeah, and as we say, we, we, we see Rowdy, um, not Rowdy, Cody. He's driving a DeLorean back before they were cool. Before This is before Back to the Future. The old gullwing doors, only, bright red. Only just. Only just, yeah. What I like about Cody straight away is he's got a cow skin briefcase. Yeah, I put that down. He's got a cow hide briefcase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's like alligator or something. Yeah, he, he looks, on first viewing, I wrote down, he looks like somebody from the Beastie Boys sabotage video. <laughs> That's just his appearance. You know, he's just got some sort of like bleach, bleach blonde or natural. I don't know what kind of blonde it is in his hair. It's feathered to yeah, perfection. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know hair. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
and the good old-fashioned 80s cock duster moustache. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's got the porn star tosh. Yes, he has indeed, and he's going to the to the shooting range. Yeah, this, is, this is the first point of pointless um, uh, scenes, incidentally, right from the bat. It's just no, no messing about. Let's have a scene that's irrelevant. It basically, it sets up the fact that he can't shoot straight, which is uh, the same as Rowdy from Hard to Get to Hawaii, if you remember that callback. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really big gun that he's got it's in that huge. briefcase, isn't it? Yeah. Perhaps too big. Yeah, it's a forty-four Magnum, I think. I believe that is referenced later on. I'll tell you what else is referenced in this film. Every single car. Yeah. Every single make of car, model of car, except a Ferrari, which is in it at one point, and nobody says Ferrari, which is unusual. It's probably the best car in the film, and, and nobody acknowledges that it's in there. But this, yeah. The, yeah, so, you know, if you do watch it, listen, listen out for every make of car get mentioned. Except that one. And then he goes to watch some uh, some racetrack, some car testing, I guess. There's a guy, Ken, the, one of the sort of the pit stop guys. It looks mm-hmm. like he's got a Converse trainer on his head. Like, a, not the, the, the sole, but just the canvas bit on the top. Just what just got that propped on his head there, a oh, bit like a Robin Hood hat. I, I, yeah, I thought it was like an ice cream vendor. <laughs> the, the driver of that uh, race car is a woman named June Knockers. That's her character name, of course. Yeah, and uh, we also meet Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> <laughs> He's there taking pictures. Yeah, she, she's a uh, she's there. Yeah, Rod- sorry. Rod- Rodney's of course a female character. Yeah. Don't be a plonker all your life, Rodney. Weird again. But... She's she's taking pictures, but Rowdy, uh, Rowdy, Cody, Cody kisses both women at one point as well. He's a real ladies' man, this mm. bastard. In fact, June says to him, "I've written the, the quote here of, you really are horse shit at showing emotion.'" But I like that in a man. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. That's not allowed anymore. Now you've got to cry openly at every opportunity. That's true. Prove you're in touch with your emotions. <laughs> Otherwise, you're bottling it all up. Yeah. And uh, you'll end up killing yourself. It's just textbook psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we get to see June Knocker's tits, obviously. Yeah. That's like a early on. I'm, I didn't actually write down how long the film had been on at this point. I was already hoping it would end. <laughs> I, would, I would say that was about four minutes in. Yeah. June's yeah. knockers. She just takes them out in the locker room, and that's when she says it. So she's uh, she's exposed when she says there's no emotions. Yeah, because she's she's saying how was it, and he said those are excellent or something. Talking about her boobs. And yeah, he's, he's he's very very base pervy. level. He's base level, isn't he, Cody? He's a massive pervert, to be honest. Yeah, uh, he drives off after kissing the women, and um, we get an excellent buttocks shot. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's, uh, June says, that cowboy sure can drive. And Rodney says, Dell? <laughs> no, she says, <laughs> she says, I bet he can. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense either. Every every other line in this is also some sort of innuendo. Rodney, that cowboy sure can drive. June, I'll bet he can. That's a sexual innuendo, even if there isn't one there. Yeah. They make it one, like that one. That's that's nothing to do with anything sexual. Uh, Cody Cody gives us, uh, he's got a new dictaphone, basically. uh, Yeah, it's in the 80s. He's given it a try, because all private investigators need one, apparently. He's telling us everything we've seen in the movie so far. Yeah, what what he does, really, is it gives us a narration device really it just allows him to narrate bits in the film that we're not interested in seeing sometimes as as dom said he actually just narrates what we have just seen 
and he continues to do so throughout, even though he's like, they're parking out front of the club. He says later on, as we're watching them do exactly that, it's like, we don't need a narration there. Yeah. He could just be watching them in yeah. silence, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a huge irritation. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of it. Yeah, it's very annoying. Sometimes, sometimes you don't even know that he's not saying it out loud. Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> I thought he was saying some of them out loud, and I thought that's a bit obvious, isn't it? There's actually a bit where he sits down and he's not speaking, and I actually wrote that I thought that was a, a like, yeah dubbing error. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, I think it's him. Yeah, some, yeah. It's just narrating. There's no difference in his voice at all. It's just like he's talking normally. Turns out that he's living at the yacht club. He's not just having Wednesday luncheon at the yacht club. <laughs> no, no, no. He he does. He lives at the marina. I first thought that uh, an old woman had been arrested and was being brought to him for some reason, <laughs> but it turns out it's just an old couple trying to appear loving. It yeah. looked, looked like the the bloke had got her arm up her back, was forcing <laughs> her across the pier. But uh, no. Yeah, there's a. He's got this weird painting of the back of a train car in it, front of his. Really, boat. Co- it's convoluted and enormously pointless, isn't it? This. Yeah. The re- it basically explains the reason the film's called the Malibu Express, which is not interesting in the slightest. No, because it's the name of his boat, and it's also the name of the train that killed his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns out his dad found the yacht club 25 years ago. Um, his dad's out at the minute on his boat with an all-girl crew. He's been lost four times in six days. What's he doing out there, says one of them. And um, uh, Cody says, all-girl crew probably just got blown off course. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Cody. That's also his dad he's talking about, which is a bit disgusting. And then, as I say, his mum was killed by the rail car that is now painted on the... It's a nice fond memory. It is, yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> There's a really unwanted shower scene now of Cody just soaping up his manass. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. Buttocks. More buttocks. But it's Cody's buttocks on this occasion. Yeah, and uh, he gets a gun pointed in his face when he comes back up the stairs and he says, God, I hope that's a cigarette lighter. And it isn't. No, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. It's a water pistol. Yeah. But, it's... you know, I mean, why would he hope it's a cigarette lighter? Because his hair would catch fire. Yeah. Water pistol would be the obvious thing. Or his moustache. And it is one. It's actually a water pistol held by the best actor in the film. It's, um... <laughs> she says... Hi, I'm May, and this is my friend, Faye. And uh, it's it's two... How do you describe these? They are the most ridiculous characters mm. I've ever known in any film I've ever watched. And again, hugely pointless to everything that happens in the film. They're just there a lot. Yeah. Well, obviously not pointless. There's reasons these two are in the film. They're basically, they're living next to him on a boat. They've come up from Corpus Christi, so they're, they're southern as well. And uh, they thought, you know, let's get to know the neighbour a little bit better by pretending to shoot him in the face. Mm-hmm. We just arrived from Corpus Christi on my daddy's <laughs> boat. We're in the slip next to you, and since we're going to be here for a while, we thought we might like to get to know you just a little bit better. We think it's a neighbourly thing to do. <laughs> It's a good job he's shit at his job, isn't it? And he hasn't actually got any sort of like self-defense awareness. Yeah. Because he could have killed them. You get a gun pointed at you. If you've got any kind of martial arts or ninja awareness, yeah. they're dead. Although he does, he kind of turns on and off throughout the film. Sometimes he'll, there's no way he should be able to notice something, and he will. But then at that point, he got outfoxed by two, two airheads. Two tits. Two <laughs> titty birds. <Yeah. laughs> I haven't written that down, obviously. <laughs> Uh, they have got an ulterior motive, though, because, of course, they want to shower 
Yeah. Together no, at his house. There's no water on their boat because I assume it's a rowing boat or something <laughs> that they've turned up in. <laughs> they don't seem to have any facilities whatsoever. Oh, a rubber dinghy. <laughs> rubber dinghy rapids, rubber. mate. <laughs> Rubber dingy rapids. Yeah, rubber dingy rapids. So, um, yeah, they want to shower, but they also they want to shower together. Yeah, that saves water because Cody's just had a shower. I don't know how much water you get if you're on a boat. I think he's just come straight out the marina. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarette butts and everything in it. And uh, my note here is this is my first suspicion that this movie is, in fact, softcore pornography. Yeah, I thought, I've, I've actually got one. It should just be called uh, Confessions of a Private Eye. <laughs> yeah, because that's all it is, isn't it? It's just like one scene leading to the next of breasts and buttocks and uh, just it's a very very thinly veiled story on top. Yeah, because like Heart Ticket to Hawaii, it did have all that, but it was it was much more sparingly than it is in this. Yeah, this this is like every couple of minutes, isn't it? Yeah, which is why I didn't write down the times because yeah. it, I I messaged uh, Dom actually whilst I was watching this film because I was trying to watch it at work. Um, and I believe I used the the phrase. I'm trying to watch uh, Malibu Express at work, but the frequency of tits is making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the week before, you're watching a massive ginger yeah, cat. Yeah, yeah, the bloody uh, cool cat saves the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I had to keep turning it off. I had to keep moving out where I was sat as well, in case people were behind me watching, like just peep women in a shower. <laughs> <laughs> whilst I'm at work. <laughs> and that scene lasts for yeah, ages. Honestly, it's, it's, it's not just a glimpse. They they looked at me on camera. They were looking directly down the camera. The brunette woman in this scene is staring at the camera about four times during this. It's <laughs> glancing over your shoulder just, at work. I'm just like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Did you have headphones on? No. <laughs> I don't have headphones. I wouldn't be able to hear anybody, would I? Yeah, but I was thinking, uh, I'm going to turn the volume right down. Cody, Cody, Cody. I understand you're a private investigator. And we want to know if you'll investigate our privates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to our first meeting with Sybil Danning's character, the Countess. Uh, she's going to give us some plot here. Yeah, she gives us a power walk. Uh, yeah. Through a, a building. Don't know where the building is, but uh, yeah, she's got her sunglasses on. Yeah. She's got a uh, like a business. Well, I don't know if it's business to be honest. There's cle- cle- cleavage. There's <laughs> cleavage on on view every time she's in. I mean, I'm not moaning about that. Uh, she speaks to uh, shit Burt Reynolds. Basically, if you can't get Burt Reynolds, this is the man you get. Or he looks a I bit like he's the yacht club guy, isn't it? Yeah, and he's he's telling us about uh, how the Russians are stealing computer tech, and it's uh, it's all linked to Lady Lillian Chamberlain. I don't know how it's linked to her, but it's just linked. No, I've seen the film, and uh, I still don't know how it's linked to her at all. It's not, in fact. It's not. It looks like she's just some old woman living in a massive house, and that's about it. There's nothing to do with computers at her house. No. Um, it, it, apparently, the Russians are five years behind the US when it comes to computer technology. So, you know, nice one, America. I mean, There's I saw a little dig at them there. The computer at the beginning, so they must have a fucking paper and pen, I guess. <laughs> it's an, ab- an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, but um, yeah. So we think Lady Chamberlain is involved somehow, but the Contessa is too close to this. Yeah. So she's irrelevant to the meeting, really, because she's not going to be involved at all. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this film. So she says, "Okay, well, who then?" And he says, "I know somebody." 
And we get a little cheeky flashback to Cody just kind of staring, smiling, staring into the abyss <laughs> with his cowboy hat on. Just kind of smiling. And uh, uh, he then, obviously, then he's got his, uh, we, we imagine he's got his dictaphone out. <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going with No, well, I can only guess. But uh, he then tells us the entire plot in a, in a voiceover narration. Um, he's got to go and uh, <laughs> he's got to, what's the guy's name he's, he's spoken to? Douglas F. Wilton. That's it, Douglas F. Wilton. That's the yeah. shit Burt Reynolds, man. He's, uh, he's, he's got to go and meet the Contessa. I've been told she's good looking. Yeah, that's, so that's how he says it as well. Cody thinks he's going to prom, doesn't he, at this point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's immediately there, by the way. He immediately pulls up outside her house when he says it. Um, <laughs> this this is, again, this ridiculous dialogue just about how outrageously attractive this guy is. <laughs> I mean, every woman in this film is beautiful. Don't get, don't get me wrong. They're all ridiculous with the immediate, let's get our tits out. But... They are, they are good-looking women. This guy's not. <laughs> He's not. But they tell him that he is. He hardly compliments them at all. <laughs> it's always about how attractive he is. And uh, he says, I hope I'm not late. She says, you could never be too late. Again, what does that mean? I don't know. But she, I, she, she's pretty much also got her tits out immediately. She's you, not even dressed. You raise a good point, because in this film, the women that play hard to get are just simply the ones that don't instantly take their tits out as soon mm. as they see him. 30 seconds later, that they're out, but they're the hard to get ones in this. Yeah, she, she's got a, some sort of, um, I don't know, is it like a robe on or something? Just I'm, about, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but she's barely wearing it. And um, <laughs> he says... Uh, yeah, I've brought you this, and he's 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 brought her a dress to wear. I've, I've got to say, he turns up dressed like he's going to prom, and he's got a present. This is the most massively inappropriate present you could ever give to a potential client I've ever seen. It's a dress that is pretty much two red elastic bands around the top, and then a dress at the bottom. Yeah, but she wears it. She does, and, yeah. Uh, and would you believe it? It fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyone else wearing that? You just like porn, porn star. Immediately, yeah. porn star look. Yeah. If you bought that for your girlfriend, she'd slap your face. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd only ever wear it. Potentially, only ever wear it in the bedroom. I was going to say she yeah, would she never would wear it out. Never. And if she did, uh, you'd probably leave her anyway for doing it. Yeah, you've married a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway, from from the casual observer, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. In the world of um of Andy Sidaris, this is actually quite uh quite what's the word? Uh, just just normal. Yeah. It's just it's just regular. This is exactly what women wear. Yeah, nuns wear this in Andy Sidaris's <laughs> world. They head over to Touch, which is a private club, and I was thinking like, oh, are they meeting um Bird Reynolds, the man that man there? No, yeah. they're not. They're not, not meeting anybody. No, they're just going for drinks. They're this dancing. Is, we have a montage of all this. Yeah, they're eating. Uh, they uh, she feeds him for some reason. Raw, remember, raw. remember, she's a con- the Contessa. Yeah, who's <laughs> got nothing really to do with the plot whatsoever because she's not allowed to because she's friends with Lillian Chamberlain, Lady, Lady Chamberlain. Yeah, so she's not allowed to have anything to do with it. So what the hell's all this about? They they do a bit of dancing. Um, they eat raw fish. They do a bit of smoking. Yeah, a bit of smoking as well. He lights it. Smoking. <laughs> she she's got one of those long uh, like cigarette holders as well, which yeah. amused me. Yeah, a long pipe. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, that's what Cody's got to. <laughs> you believe the stories. <laughs> yeah, they eat raw fish straight from just some ice on the table, which just looks horrible. And then they, yeah, they're drinking, they're dancing, and they're, they're heading back for some sex. Yeah, sexy sex. There's an odd scene after the sex, thankfully that finishes, we'll skip over it, where Cody just all of a sudden asks for water, which does come back later, but at the time I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I, I, I've written here, because obviously we, we watched this for the first time, so our notes are not knowing the end already. Yeah. So our, our notes, we'll, we'll, we'll read as we went, and yeah. then, we'll, then we'll tell you how it all ties up. But yeah, he says, ah, water... Like he, like he was in a desert or something. He hasn't had a drink of water for like three months. Yeah. Yeah, it really does overdo the, uh, I'd like some water, please. She, she says, you're marvellous. Yeah. But he's not really. He's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 go, we'll go with marvellous. We'll go with marvellous instead. Yeah, she says, I didn't just bring you here for sex. I have a few things to fill you in on. <laughs> yeah. And he says, pleasure before business, my kind of woman. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of sort of Western country music in this film. Yeah, this, this I think, is actually the same song about the Playboy magazine that comes from. Oh, yeah, right it now. is, I think, yeah. Um, you uh, read, basically, in this film, you either get this music, uh, 70s porn music, with Cody breathing heavily and asking for refreshments. So that's the, the only two <laughs> you get in in this. <laughs> he's back on his boat. I don't know how he got there. But he's leaving now. He's going out again. He does a lot of that. He either just turns up or he leaves. <laughs> um, the, these neighbours, the two girls, are just shout, hey, Cody, what are we supposed to do without you? Even though they've met him once and uh, he left. He just shakes his head and drives off. Yeah. <laughs> He's so irresistible. That must get so annoying. Yeah, Cody's filling us in on, on uh, taking the job. And then we stop the film totally, dead in its tracks, to meet the Buffington family. Yeah. Oh, no, not the Buffington family, he says in his voiceover. And uh, I said that to myself later on when they turn up again. Yeah, and again and again. Yeah, yeah there are a load of redneck fucks uh, introduced to us as the dad, the fat wife, and their son, Bobo. Yeah, it's irrelevant. They just want to race cars against him. That's it, because his dad beat the other bloke in a race once. That's it. There we go. No yeah. no further and needed. <laughs> no, no explanation needed. That's it. Yeah, and he's sworn lifelong revenge by having his own son challenge the dad's son to race down Boxcar Canyon. Yeah, just again and again for no reason. Dukes of Hazard style, isn't it? Yeah, it's pointless. It's banjo music as well, a little uh, little stereotype music for them. And Bobo wins. Yeah, so they have the a race. The son wins. Yeah, they have a race and uh, Cody loses. So, so far, what we've seen of Cody is he can't shoot and he can't beat Elmer Fudd in a fucking car race. But he's irresistible to the ladies. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, if you had to pick, if you had the choice of three <laughs> things and those were them, which would you go for? Can shoot accurately every time, can drive like a goddamn legend, or irresistible to women with big tits. Mm. What would you go for? I've already got one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm a hell of a shot. <laughs> deadly. All right. Don't call me deadly. <laughs> yep, yeah, and it turns out that they were cheating. I don't know what the hell this bit is, but he's got some sort of secret potion bullshit. He says nitrous oxide, which is, is that not a laughing gas? Yeah, there's more bullshit about getting his DeLorean looked at. He goes to some guy, he swaps his cars, and then... Yeah, yeah, he just he says, oh yeah, um, I've just got beaten in a race by like some dickhead. Uh, have you got another car whilst you have this DeLorean? He says, yeah, I've got a black Ford. And he says, oh, right, okay, I'll write that down then if you're telling me the name of the car. 
Yeah, see, what's the point? <laughs> we don't care. It's just another car. Yep, and Cody decides now is the time to tell us his mission. Yeah, he's he's still narrating. He's, he says, Lady Chamberlain wants me to stay at her house for a while just to check things out. He's like, what? Check what out? Lady Chamberlain doesn't even know about this, does she? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I assumed, yeah. <laughs> She's got no idea what the hell Cody's doing there or who he is. But it's, you know, that's why he's going instead of the Contessa. Because she knows her, so she can't go and snoop. So but, a, but a stranger will be allowed free roam of yeah, the grounds. Yeah, <laughs> just to check things out. Hello, <laughs> would you like to come and check things out at my house for a week? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's in Bel Air as well, isn't it, the Chamberlain residence? Yeah, anyway, yeah, so uh, they get there. He says, oh, I feel bad with all these, uh, and then he names the Mercedes and stuff. And they, for, and they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does he say Ferrari? I think he might do. Oh, shit. So he does name the Ferrari. Well, I'll cut that whole bit out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel bad about driving up in my black Ford. Yeah, still, no one will ever know. Yeah, and then immediately there's a car joke. He basically tells us as well that the Countess's father and Lady Chamberlain were lovers in Europe several years ago. But mm. they're still friends. Yeah, which, like, which is how you make friends Yeah, <laughs> back then. <laughs> That's why the Countessa and Lady Chamberlain are such good friends. And uh, Lady Chamberlain wants Cody, as as you say, to stay over. Yeah, to to check things out. He's he's greeted by, I thought was the butler, but turns out to be the driver, Shane. Shane, yeah, Shane's in it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of things a lot, isn't he? Yeah. Dirty old Shane. Takes um, the piss out of his car, because they says, I'm sure no one will care about my car. And yeah, instant... you, see, you see jokes about cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tits and cars. That's Sidaris mm-hmm. right there. Tits, cars, explosions. Yeah, in Thank that you. order. Thank you very much. <laughs> Be on yeah. his gravestone. Yeah, he tells he tells uh, Cody that um, Lady Chamberlain's out by the pool. We meet Lady Chamberlain. She's got a a leg in a cast. She's in a wheelchair. Yeah, she's uh, broke her leg in a skiing accident, so she'll be in a wheelchair for three months. Yes. Which seems a very, very bad break, if that's the case. And she thinks something's going on in the house behind her back. Yeah, she says, nice to see you again, which suggests that they're not strangers at all and they do know each other, which I thought was, again, the point of him going because she doesn't know him. Yeah. So where they met is a mystery to me. When she says that something's going on behind her back, we get a very quick cut of two people kissing. Yeah, one of them, Shane. I know know who that was. I have no idea who the woman is. Yeah. Yeah. But then she tells us, she explains the exact uh, household that uh, Cody's coming into. Yeah. We've got her nephew, Stuart, his wife, Anita, and her niece, Liza. Or Lisa. Liza. Liza. Yeah. So it's it's like Stuart and Liza are... Yeah. They're living here because their parents were killed in an accident. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, you know, she, she literally just lays all that out. So we haven't got to think, why are they there? Yeah, and there's also, you've got Shane, the butler slash driver, and Maid Marion from Robin Hood. Yeah, Lore. yeah. We'll, we'll wait until we get to Maid Marion. We'll, we'll Apparently. Wait until we get to see Maid Marion later on. She's really off the wall. Yeah, they do say that, yeah. But she's, I don't know, all right at being a maid or something, perhaps? Maybe. Well, we're not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll wait until she gets in, introduced into the, into the actual film. Yeah, the couple kissing, as as Ken says, one of them Shane, and the other one turns out to be nephew Stuart's wife, Anita. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and instead of having like uh, mobile phones, didn't exist back then. So how Lady Lady Chamberlain manages to uh, get hold of her staff <laughs> is by having a massive uh, like bullhorn loud, yeah. <laughs> loud speaker, just loud hailer, and yeah. just shouts Shane through it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. I like that you get a classic Sedaris quip. This is the first instance of one where Anita says to to Shane, Shane, what did a guy like you do in jail? And he says, Ate a lot of furniture, baby. What the fuck does that mean? I think he's proudly stating he was raped multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he means. Is that why he winked? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can think of. Though, I wrote that down as well. I assume he means he was raped numerous times and he bit on the furniture to stop him from screaming out what, what in pain. What a horrible... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 if you look at the quote, yes, it is. Yeah. But that's what I assumed he meant and thought... Why would he say that as if a, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, does. you better believe you it. You might as well have done the finger point, yeah. Zeller. You better believe it. I was ridden raw. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was ruined, yeah. totally destroyed. I was passed around like currency yeah. in there. Oh my God. Thanks for bringing that back up. Yeah, that's why I'll never go to prison. Yeah, you'd want to <laughs> Imagine you. Oh God. Imagine no. you in prison. Unless you're in the library or something, you're, you're dead. Yeah. I'm far too attractive for that. Lady Chamberlain introduces Cody to Anita, who basically just tells him to fuck off. She's the only woman that's met him at first who has absolutely no interest in him. So I was surprised by that. But actually, in the next very next scene, she yeah. shits back to she's she's fine all of a sudden. Yeah, they get, they get they have some dinner. Yeah, it's, it's a dinner scene, isn't it? Yeah, around the table. We sit, we meet Stuart. We 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 get a uh, a voiceover. A description of what's happening as well. Again, more narration. I like how uh, Cody describes Stuart. Yeah, I wasn't sure what he meant. He says, uh, I think he's a little light in his loafers. Yeah. But what does that mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. Find out later. Yeah. I mentioned that to somebody at work, actually, and they they said, oh, it sounds like, and they told me. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. I thought maybe it is a phrase. Liza is introduced to Cody, and um, she says, I noticed your car, it's really nice. And Cody's response is, I like to drive. Yeah, and hit then with the, again, ridiculous, not really a sexual innuendo about driving, I just bet you do. Yeah, says a, Anita and squeezes his leg in plain view of Stuart, who sat next to her. Yeah, we we then get a really shit joke that's set up just for the joke. Yeah, and then even worse, they all laugh about it afterwards, like it was a good joke. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's a question that nobody would ask anybody after the first meeting. Yeah, yeah, I hated it. I'm not Co- even going to say it. Cody, do you cook? Not much. Then what do you usually make for dinner? Reservations. Everyone laughs at the witty bastard. That's yeah. what I put. Yeah. Um, I didn't. You know what? I, I was actually wondering where, whether he actually meant it in a way of a lack of confidence in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe life in general that he papers over with lots of sex, fast cars and voiceovers. What do you think? No, I think it was just an attempt at a joke on it about booking somewhere else to go oh. and have something to eat. Right. Unless, of course, it was a Native American reference. <laughs> and he gets them to cook for him. Because he's a slave owner. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's not all fun-loving after all. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those three, isn't it? It's definitely got to be one of them. Yeah. They laughed anyway, but then they're rich. So they might also be in slave trade. They might also have reservations. Yeah. yeah. Or they might not as be as confident. Money's not exactly the confidence boost that they thought it would be. They've all got their own personal hang-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I think that deserves... Uh, yeah. We'll deep dive into Andy Sidaris and his subtext. <laughs> his heavy subtext. Yeah, yes, it's very, very complex, isn't it? Speaking of voiceovers, anyway, anyway, one. yeah, here we go again. 
The Chamberlain family is an odd mixture, to say the least. I had to leave right after dinner because twice a week, I meet with my lady cop friend, Sergeant Beverly McAfee, for a workout. Usually we go dancing and playing afterwards. Tonight she's got to go back to work, though. Damn. Cody tells us that he's, he's leaving the mission he's being paid to do so he can go work out with a lady cop friend, Sergeant Beverly McAfee. Yeah, remember the mission that he's on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember how he, no. deeply invested he is in the mission that he's immediately just had dinner and that's it because he's just got there. No, no. what mission? Yeah, he's there for a reason or something. Usually they go dancing and playing, whatever the fuck that means, but she's got to go back to work afterwards tonight. Yeah, she's a cop. She's a goddamn cop. There's more voiceover and he talks us through, basically he's admitting that he goes to the gym so he can perv on the girls. I've got a list of them here. Thank God for that. I've only written one down and you probably know which one it is. You got the, I think it's the last one I've written. You're damn right it is. You got the <laughs> the gorgeous Diana, she... luscious Lorette. <laughs> is Diana is the one on the, the bike, bike next, next to, him. to him, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit obvious what he's doing there. So there's four of them. You got gorgeous Diana, luscious Lorette, outrageously sexy Peggy and the cock-teasing temptress can be wild. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I am. There I am in my leotard, <laughs> stroking my beard with one hand. Yeah. and uh, Doing the Seagal splits on two chairs. <laughs> Seagal. No, Seagal. <laughs> Van Damme. <laughs> What's Sig- a Seagal split? The Seagal split. A is, banana split. Yeah, it's just like a dessert. Seagal <laughs> <laughs> could barely kick you in the knee, <laughs> let alone do the splits. Oh, oh, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Sorry, Big Steve. We'll be dead if so. Sensei. This place is filled with great looking bodies. Exercise is okay, but girl watching is what I do best. I love looking at the gorgeous Diana. Whew. The luscious Lorette. Oh, my. And the outrageously sexy Peggy. Beverly's still one of my favorite ladies, though. We cut to the most ridiculous-looking gym rats I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Yeah, when I say people do weights, it's women, not not these two guys. You, they're massively oiled up in spandex, uh, like a pro wrestling tag team, and uh, they are actually a wrestling tag team, these two. What? Yeah. Surely this is Mr. Universe and Mr. Arizona. Is that their wrestling names? They never won those titles. No, they won them, but then they became wrestlers. So you got a white guy and a black guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to guess what the white guy's uh, wrestling name is? Or would uh, you want me to just come out and tell you? The the Grand High Wizard. No. Oh, so that would cause problems. <laughs> They'd turn on each other eventually, wouldn't they? What a heel turn. <laughs> they are a heel group, actually. Um, uh, Alan? The white guy is called Harold the Ambitious. <laughs> I like it. He's got plans. <laughs> the black guy is... <laughs> Yeah, the black guy is called Disco Dancer Kevin Prancer. <laughs> wow. <What? laughs> that sounds like a name we'd make up for the pitch. It's exactly what that is, Ken. Yes, I made those <laughs> names up for the film pitch, but I included them here. Wow. Because these two are coming back in the film pitch. I should hope so. Let's cut that bit out then. <laughs> Let's cut that out and wait for the pitch. Let's wait for the pitch for them too. I, I want to keep them for that. Oh, I've called them it throughout the whole rest of my review. Oh, so you idiot. 
That's not just the film pitch. There's more. Uh, their tag team is the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. That's the name of their tag team. Is this also from the pitch? Yes. <laughs> right, can you stop ruining the pitch then, please? <laughs> anyway. You, you know full well the pitch is the most popular bit. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Cody eyes the tag team up. He gives them a, a smooth segue. He gives us a smooth segue as he, he wonders how things are working out back at the Chamberlain place. Yeah. Get it so working we, out? So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, and then we go back to the Chamberlain place for some immediate tits. Yeah, I mean, he should be there, to be honest. He shouldn't be wondering what's going on. Yeah, he should be there looking at these tits. I, I didn't really get this bit. No, she's just writhing around on the floor. Yeah, what's what's the point of this? This is Anita again, isn't it? This is yeah. Anita, the, the married niece, the or the married to the nephew. Stuart's wife, anyway, whatever yeah. the fucking title is. Yeah, she's just writhing around, sort of like doing some sort of crazy all fours dance with her yeah. tits out. Not not sure. Never no. explained either, incidentally. No. And then we get Shane deciding to join. This is Liza, yeah. We, yeah, Liza's in the shower. So uh, then we get like somebody just coming in, take the towel off, uh, pop something down on the counter, and uh, gets in. <laughs> she she's not happy about it. Um, she shouts, "Shane, what what the hell?" Uh, but then he forces a kiss on her, and she's okay with it. Yeah. Which, uh, rape was a lot different back in the 80s, you see. Yeah. You just sort of convinced them it was all right. And they were like, oh, go on then. That's, that's, I think that's the world of Sidaris. Surprise sex is okay, even <laughs> yeah. if you don't like the other person and you have no interest in having sex. It's the sort of James... If they, yeah, if they refuse to give up, then uh, fair enough then. Sort of the James Bond style of wooing. Just kiss them until they surrender, basically. Yeah. She didn't take a lot of convincing, to be honest, no. did Liza. But, then there's um, just a very graphic, not not massively graphic, but for this kind of film, it's a graphic sex scene that yeah, lasts for ages. Yeah, I didn't like it. There's, no. there's some dubbed noises as well, which I didn't like. Well, I actually thought it was Anita that was coming into the shower because he's wearing a very sort of feminine <laughs> ro- peach-coloured robe. <laughs> but yeah, he puts that back on after after it's all over. Yeah, he takes his camera, which is the thing he popped down on the side there. Yeah, says thanks and uh, and leaves. Takes the camera. She's not happy. Well, no, but we also then see Stuart. He's peeping. He's peeping out of his bedroom door at, at whatever's happening out there. Bloody creepy peeper. Um, which again, like, brings that question: What the hell was Anita doing then? I thought Anita was with Stuart doing some sort of sexy, sexy uh, like foreplay dancing and that but he's looking out the door so what the hell was she doing writhing around in that previous scene i mean where <laughs> I is she she i assumed that what she she, she's in b- their room yeah so. she calls him back doesn't she she yeah, says what so, are you doing so what was she doing <laughs> <laughs> she was doing the hound of the baskervilles mating call <laughs> well Stuart's totally oblivious to the whole thing because he's just <laughs> isn't peeping, he just he's peeping out the door Shane goes downstairs. Um, where the hell does Shane go? Does he just go downstairs? I think That's he the just end. Go, get, just leaves. Yeah, yeah. But I think he says, uh, "Does does he not show her that he's got that on camera?" Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And she says, "Shane, you son of a bitch." Yeah. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Cody jumps out the pool the next day and tries helping uh, Liza with a crossword. And uh, fucking hell, Maid Marion yeah. turns up. Here, here we go with Maid Marion. This this is an unusual character. Just like something out of the fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. I actually wrote uh, Maid Marion looks like Dee Snyder from Twisted <laughs> Sister. <Yeah. laughs> like he's just there in a French maid outfit. If Dee Snyder went to a Rocky Horror Picture Show um, viewing. Yeah, it's, it's very, very unusual. 
Uh, not entirely sure why. No. What else is unusual is uh, Liza is having a massive amount of snails for lunch. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a yeah. fucking what, what, a what plethora. <laughs> what is a plethora? <laughs> yeah, she says uh, escargot, which uh, Cody immediately knows is snails. Yeah. So well done to him. Uh, but uh, this is a classic, classic phrase that we all <laughs> live by. He says, I make a point never to eat anything that leaves a trail. Yeah, I don't eat anything that leaves a trail. Yeah. Which Ken actually has on a t-shirt. Yeah. He offers to take uh, Liza up to Palm Springs for some reason, and Liza tells... Well, she's got to go, but her car's in the bloody shop. I think she tells us the name of the car as well, the model of the car, the make. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's in the shop anyway. Yeah, it's a Datsun shithouse, I think is the name of the car. <laughs> I used to have one of them. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. You had Mark 1? No, one? no, mine was uh, the GTI. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. So Cody offers to take her to Palm Springs, and uh, Liza tells Cody that uh, Anita and Shane are having an affair, or laying pipe, as it's called down south. Yeah, so uh, we immediately cut to that affair. So we can see Shane and Anita in the beach house, Um in flagrante. Yes. Shane, uh, after he, he brought his camera into the shower so he could fill, uh, take photographs of himself raping Liza, um, what he does in this scene is he, he reaches for a remote control, presses a button, and a huge, clearly noticeable video camera just rises up from behind the bed. It's like the camera that your dad used to use to record your Christmases. Yeah, it, it, it's massive. How the hell she's not noticed this is quite amazing. It's like on a little pop-up stand, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know how, how that's even got up there. I, mean, I don't know what sort of like hinge work he's got going on, but Tell it's a what. heavy, bloody uh, camera. He's organised, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got it all sorted. It's not even his house. How's he set this house. up? Yeah, how's he set all this stuff up? But still, yeah, so he is, he's there. He's videoing himself uh, with Anita. Cut to Liza, telling us about her friend Jonathan Harper. So, uh, what's your friend's name? Jonathan Harper. He's in computers. He buys and sells them worldwide. You know, a lot of people have been caught selling those illegally to communist countries. I assume he's legitimate. Jonathan's reputation is fine with me. I'm investing in his company. Besides, I only asked you for a ride, not your opinion. Oh, okay. Liza introduces Cody to Jonathan Harper. Yeah, he looks him up and down, doesn't he? Cody's wearing a tracksuit at this point. Yeah. And Jonathan's obviously wearing a suit because he's a businessman. Yeah. He's discussing computers with a, a man at a computer. So he's he knows a lot about computers. Yeah, and he knows a lot about financing because he asked Liza for it. He wants the financing that they talked about. Yeah. And that financing is, of course, a roll of dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the dollar is. Yeah, she just, she just hands him a roll of cash. Yep, and don't look now, but it's the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers tag team. <laughs> They're coming in. Yeah, the, the door opens. It's a weird door as well, isn't it? Yeah. But the door opens, and the, the muscle men from the previous uh, gym scene, they walk in and instantly molest Liza. Yeah. Yeah, got just a, like, oh, look at her. Oh, look at that ass. Look at that face. Look at that body. Oh, what a body. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I refer to the third man that was with them as generic New Yorker. I haven't called yeah. him anything else in this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, it's just, just some fat guy I've, I've put. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Jonathan says, cool it. She's an investor. 
Yeah, he's livid, livid yeah. at them. So, which means that they've never met her before, but the way they interact with her is like that she's going to be massively comfortable with this kind of attraction, like attention. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, they, one guy's got his arms around her and everything. It's just like touching her face and her hair. And they've never even met her before. Yeah, crazy, crazy, Sidaris. Yeah, um, Cody, he's had enough as well, and he, he leaves, and he leaves Liza there. He asks her first to come with him, and she says, no, she's going to stay. Yeah, she's got uh, business to discuss. So he leaves. Liza walks off off screen, and Jonathan keeps um, the the little... <laughs> what he said, he introduces them first. He says, uh, these, are my three, <laughs> these are my three friends, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yeah. Who's that? And he's called John. Hmm, where have I, you know, it's like, what's Sidaris doing here? <laughs> yeah, what could he possibly be doing? Yeah, it, it's, again, that's just an irrelevance. It's like he thought, yeah, those are names. Yeah. But without any, like, sort of connection whatsoever. But yeah, so, yeah, Matthew, Mark and Luke. He turns to the little Lebowski urban achievers and <laughs> and says to and <laughs> You shut up. <laughs> and so... And says to them, make sure his ass leaves the premises. And disco dancer Devin <laughs> Kevin Prancer says, yeah, the rest of his body too. <laughs> yeah, in case in case the rest in case the other two were so just, literal, just that, grabbed his that, ass that they were just going to make sure his ass had gone. And they, 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 he was bent double whilst yeah. the rest of his body was still on the premises. Yeah, and they catch up to Cody in the car and they drive alongside him and, and they ask him to pull over and Cody says, oh no, that's okay. Yeah, and, I can uh, find my own way. And Generic New Yorker says, if you don't pull over, I'm going to put you over, which if we're carrying on with the wrestling terms means that he's going to lose a match, a wrestling match to him. Yeah. Which is nice. It's better than pulling him over himself. Pulling him off. Yeah. He said, somebody said, mentions that he's a pretty boy. As well, he says, oh, he's a pretty boy. And he's he says, talking to his pet parrot. And he says, uh, what, do you want to fuck him? That's what, <laughs> what? they say. Do you not hear any of this dialogue? This is during the car. This during the car. He says, he's a pretty boy, isn't he? And he says, what, do you want to fuck him? And do, you know, do you know what? That's like English banter, that is. I'm not even sure. The other bloke doesn't just go, maybe. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know if that is what they said. I've 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 thought that that's what he said. But I've he written did. it. <laughs> um, anyway, eventually they do pull him over. Yeah, Cody just gets out of the car and removes his sports vest. Yeah, they do remove their jackets. He says, "You see this body? This body is a lethal weapon." I yeah. think um, I think he says that, doesn't he? In uh, oh, to get to Hawaii, yeah, Jade. yeah, they've they've got some really really bad dialogue. And then the, the big boys take their shirts off, and it's only then that Cody realizes that they're massive for some reason. Yeah, he doesn't recognize them at all from the previous gym scene. Yeah, it's or only... the fact that they are enormous with their clothes on. Exactly. It's only yeah. when they take off their very, very tight vests that he realizes they're massive, and he's like, oh shit. To be honest, uh, if he'd have attacked them whilst they were taking off their shirts, he'd have probably won a fight because they take ages because it's so tight. Yeah, especially yeah. Uh, Kevin Prancer. Yeah, he takes I, I, ages I to think, get his. I think what they should have done is remove them with surgical scissors, like in the uh, in the morgue. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been the easier way to take off their clothes. It's like or, spray painted on. Or, and I'm sorry, future Dom, because you're gonna have to get the clip again. Do the Hulk Hogan. 
and just rip the shirt off. There's no give in these shirts, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, he, he deliberately wears that baggy shirt with a little rip already made. Yeah. I've seen it. I tried to do it myself when I was younger and couldn't do it and thought, I've seen ripping shirts so easy. I put a lot of effort into this. Yeah, I put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, it turns out that they're quite easy to uh, that they're quite easy to subdue because each he uh, just kicks them once when they both hit the floor. Yeah, he kicks one of them in the face somehow, uh, and then the other one uh, straight in the balls. Yeah, and then you know, no matter how much you work out, you got to watch your balls. He he punches the uh, the generic New Yorker. Yeah, but uh, falls to the floor holding his hand. It turns out he's got a gun attached to in with, yeah, in just, his jacket, just, just in his pants. And he falls to the ground in pain. And um, Cody gets picked up, manhandled, and and the New Yorker shoves the gun down Cody's his slacks. Yeah, threatens to shoot off his dick. How about this Longhorn? How'd you feel without a dick? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, were you talking to me? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Why else do you think I've got this? Gun shoved down your trousers. Oh, I just thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> just for a laugh. I love how terrified he looks when he's shooting the gun, this guy. Like, he's never done a gun stunt in his whole life. The actual guy who plays oh, the New Yorker. Why, why would he? He looks why terrified. Would he have? He's probably not even an actor. Yeah. <laughs> and Cody just simply picks his, his vest up and, and walks through the desert. Yeah, well, one of the guys uh, kicks a little bit of sand. At yeah. Cody, as he's picking up his his jacket, like a real bully on a beach. They do do some some trash talking while while he's walking away from yeah, them. Yeah, happy trails. And then uh, and then the what you just call him generic New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. He just suddenly shouts, "Yeah!" <laughs> Which uh, he does many times yeah. later in the film. Yeah! I th- I thought that was just because he forgot what to say, so he just made a noise. But no. I think I think that's his like his catchphrase. His dialogue, <laughs> his catchphrase is just yeah. He makes it through the desert without even breaking a sweat, not a drop of sweat on the man, and he gets to a salvage lot. And as luck would have it, the place is owned by a young lady. Yeah, a lady in a cowboy hat. I need the fastest thing on this lot. Sugar, I'm the fastest thing on this lot. Oh mercy. And gets a tits out. And gets a tits Immediately, out. you know. He's been there five seconds, why not? <laughs> yeah. People sure are friendly around those parts. Yeah. Anyway, he, he has a car and off he goes. She invites him back real soon. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, because like, how many people could turn up at this salvage lot? It's the middle of the desert. No yeah. wonder she's desperate for some sort of human contact. Yeah, I like the voice over here because he say, he says the same put down that um, Knockers said earlier. <laughs> he says <laughs> with an H. <laughs> with an H, he says, "Boy, that was really a horse shit trip to Palm Springs." So yeah. he's horse shit again. Yeah, he says, "I got my ass whipped, my car all shut up, and I was raped." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not sure if that was by her. Or by her husband, yeah. <laughs> who also works at the car lot. Yeah, and he says, um, "You know," and he says, "You know, it's time to see just what the hell is going on around here." <laughs> Decides, you know what? Maybe I should just actually do my job. Yeah, more tits anyway. Because that was all his own fault. All that then, really, you didn't really have to go with Liza. No, he but, should be know, at the house. Well, maybe, just maybe, it will pay off. More uh, tits anyway. Yeah, there's a random guy. We never... I don't even know what his name is. I don't know if he ever gets a name. Oh, he, he does. I've written it down somewhere. 
Carry on, though. I'll have to look because he, he mentions it later on. He's getting a massage and it's a topless masseuse who's doing it. And he's basically, he's on the phone to Shane and he's threatening Shane with violence. Unless he's, he's 30 grand in debt. $30,000 in, $30, in debt is Shane. His name's Dick. Brilliant. Thank you. Dick. Dick, the shady businessman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not a an order, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. So Shane, um, I guess, he, what, what is this man then? A topless masseuse parlor manager? What is he? What? Um, he's a gambling boss of some kind. Yeah. It, it gets mentioned later on. We we don't know at this point. He's just basically saying, uh, bring me the money. When am I, when am I going to get my money? And he says, when I've got it. And he hangs up. Uh, and then he rings him back immediately and, um, and just says, uh, you owe me 30K. This is why Cody's sneaking around, isn't it? Yeah. He's outside listening. Um, and uh, he says, you owe me 30K. Are you still seeing that rich bitch? I probably made that bit up. I don't think it's his bitch. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, he hangs up on him. And yeah, it's, it's very odd. It's just two two phone calls when one of longer phone call would have sufficed. It happens a lot in Sidaris's films. Yeah. It happened a lot in Hard Ticket to Hawaii as well. Well, anyway, Shane immediately gets up and says to Anita that he needs 30 grand and uh, he's going to send videos to everyone, to her, to her queer hubby. Yeah. Yeah, he's of, very, of them two in flagrante again. He's very homophobic, is Shane, and uh, yeah. She's not happy about it. Yeah, he he says I've got some state of the art video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, from eighty five. Yeah, and I've got some photos. And she says, "You son of a bitch." Yeah. And he says, "You little whore." Yes. Yeah, it's, it's 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 good back and forth there. We see Stuart now. He's in a flashers Mac, and he's leaving the house. He asks Shane to take him to the club. Yeah, it, it's night time immediately. Um, Cody obviously follows them as well. He's just hanging around now. He's just like snooper. Yeah, more more. Um, yeah, he narrates. Over. He narrates now. Yeah, this is when he says that they they pulled up. They're they're pulling up to the door of the club, which we can see them doing. Um, and then he says, "Yeah, now they go around the other entrance, which we also see them doing." Um, turns out that Stuart, he's not just turning up at the club, um, like for for homosexuality. <laughs> which I think is an activity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, but no, he's he's performing at the club. This is this is when I realised that Stuart was in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Is it the same one? It's the same one. Oh, the, the, the one that's the, the, the woman behind the bar that's blatantly a bloke. Well, yeah. This this is less blatant. This is less blatant, but he's younger though, isn't he? Because this came out before Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yeah, so it should. And Shane shows him pictures of what it sounds like them two having sex. Yeah, that's you on the bottom. So this guy has pictures of everyone Shane, in the film. Shane is having sex with everyone in this film and taking pictures of it and nobody's noticed. Do you remember what the name of the uh, the club's called? Yes, I've written it down. <laughs> yes, it's called the Screaming Cockatoo. <laughs> <laughs> Great name for a club. Cody says, you're not going to believe this one. Stuart has just turned into the most gorgeous woman. Yeah. I knew he was different, but wow. Yeah, so even Cody's in into a bit of that. He's, yeah. he's now in love with Stuart. Yeah. And why not? Because when he puts that makeup on and that wig, Stuart is pretty attractive. There you go. 
get a high class party next. There's so much going on in this that I just didn't bother writing any of it. No, I I, did, I wrote a lot of uh, just very very short notes. If, got, you, if you'd like some of my short notes on this, yeah, you got the Rocky Horror Picture Show mage. She's about. You got the Countessa dressed in a white sheet, barely covering her tits. Lots of random weird scenes throughout. Shane gets spooked by that topless guy. Um, not the topless guy. The guy who's getting massaged. Dick. Yeah, well, there's no need for that. Asking about the money, and uh, he then goes and makes a really pointless prank call to Stuart, pretending to be Frederick. Yeah, it is weird, because isn't Frederick already there? Yeah. Frederick's the guy that Stuart went to meet at the club. Yeah, and then he gets on the phone and says, hello, Frederick, and then instantly drops the act and says, it's me, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the money. He says, no. And that's it. And then he hangs yeah, he's already up. said no. He said no when he first brought the thing up. I'm going to blackmail you. And he said no. You're not getting thirty grand. And now he's ringing him up, even though he's in the same house. And he says, "Give me thirty grand." He says no. He's like, "Ah, might as well go." Then some random guy who I don't even know who it is just turns up as Shane's putting the phone down and, and threatens Shane to pay it again to pay the thirty grand with with a gun and a knife. That's Dick. It's, Is that Dick? Dick? it's Dick. Is it the same Dick? That's why he's rung him up. Because Dick's there and said, give me the money. Yeah. And it's uh, I, I've written down, uh, Contessa is there with her tits hanging out, Maid Marion, small talk bullshit, two wise guys with the Maid Marion. Yeah. They, they start, I don't know what they're... They're trying to molest says, her, don't they? Yeah, and, and she says, look, just because we all work for, I don't know, Dick. <laughs> no, she doesn't <laughs> she, she work for Dick, does she? <laughs> she could. Yeah, and it's, uh, <laughs> And yeah, that, that bit's there. It was uh, pointless. And um, yeah, a, the, and, yeah, and then and then the party suddenly finished. Um, Shane watches his own sex tape later. Uh, yeah, he he does. He he turns off Regis Philbin and his wife Joy. Yes, uh, Shane just to watch a uh, video of himself with his with his cock out. <laughs> with his uh, screaming cockatoo. Yeah. Yeah, but he's talking to himself all the way through it, though, isn't he? Saying, mm. uh, I hope Stuart gets here soon with the dough. He's, like, he's told you twice. He's not giving you the money. <laughs> Are you really holding out for him to just go, actually, go on then? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll turn <laughs> yeah. up. And he's put, Dick won't wait much longer. It's true. Yeah, which uh, Shane's saying it. Not yeah. sure what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the dirty devil. He gets stabbed now. He turns and gets stabbed in the gut. <laughs> By a faceless assassin. Yeah, this this bit actually really made me laugh because this, this made me feel that Sidaris had got some sort of uh, eye on the uh, giallo uh, of the Italians, <laughs> and he yeah. thought I could do one of them. Yeah, it's like a it's it's a, a figure in a in a long mac uh, with a uh, a hat on. Have we seen someone wear a, a long mac in this yet? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly just no clothes at all, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, black gloves um, and uh, just stabbing somebody. Yeah, with this shiny blade. Yeah, who who on earth could this be? Yeah, it really, really brought to mind the uh, Dario Argento movies. That really uh, did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, su- such such perfection in the way that this was done. Uh, really, it just made me laugh. It made me laugh at just like how... <laughs> Any shit director thought, I reckon I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, and he proved that, no, he couldn't. Oh, Stuart better show up with that money. 
Dick's gonna be here soon. He's not gonna wait much longer for that dough. So he gets stabbed in the stomach. They take the tapes, this this whoever it is figure. They take the tapes out. Um, Shane takes a photograph of them. <laughs> he reaches into his drawer. Yeah, he gets his camera out, manages to take a photograph with the flash on, uh, just as he, uh, he gets shot. Whilst he's been stabbed and he's been shot, he manages to put his camera back in the drawer and lock it. <laughs> Even though the person who stood right in front of them that could stop him from doing any of this. <laughs> they then get the camera uh, back out of the drawer and shoot him in the head whilst he picks up the TV. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here because he gets shot and then he hugs the TV with his head right next to it for no reason. Yeah, it's just so blood splatter can be on the TV. Obviously, they're not going to really have him shot. Yeah, But it's weird as well because... Because when he takes the photograph of the uh, mysterious Giallo figure, uh, you can see that it's Liza. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, she's wearing like a see-through pair of tights. I don't know. Yeah. Not, not, even, not even gone for opaque. No. No. She's just gone for clear tights. Yes. <laughs> so you can see her face. Like America's dumbest criminals. Yeah, which is uh, absolutely ridiculous. But still, it's, uh, it's a mystery. Who is this? Uh, yeah, so, so he, he does pick up the TV. And then spins around. Yeah, and then like rotates several times <laughs> until you assume he falls out the window. But we're immediately cutting to Cody diving in the pool. Yeah, the noise of the smashing glass yeah. and the diving in the water uh, connects together and it, it cuts to Cody. Yeah. See, I bet he thought, that was pretty good. That. I like the way I've, I've edited that. Yeah. I've edited that absolutely seamlessly, is what, what a, Sidaris must have thought. What a load of shit. That spinning round bit looks fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, he's, he's he's been stabbed, shot in the heart, and then shot in the face. Yeah. Of course you're going to spin round after picking up a TV. With your TV, <laughs> which is then never seen outside the house, even though he's smashed through the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cody's swimming whilst the count, uh, the Countess w- uh, watches on from a sun lounger. Yeah, she, she's there in a bikini. Yeah. Yeah, so they've stayed over as well. Yeah, maybe she wanted them all to leave and they all yeah, just and they thought... they just didn't because their yeah. house is massive and she's in a wheelchair. Exactly. She's got no idea they're all still there. Cody, uh, they, they have a little cheers, some little orange juice or Buck's Fizz or something along those lines. And he notices in the bushes there's something shiny. Yeah, what's that? What could that be? Well, let's could go it be? Look. Could it be a shiny ten pence piece? <laughs> could it be white fire? <laughs> My God, white fire. <laughs> no, could it be Cool Cat's uh, dad's gun? Could it be Darry- Daddy Derek's <laughs> handgun? Look over there. I see something shiny. I wonder what it is. Oh, no. It's a gun, and it looks like a real one. It is a real gun. No, of course not. Whatever it is, it's Shane's body, which is glistening. Glistening in <laughs> the know, sun. I think this is actually the TV. I think it's the TV that he hugged and loved so much. Oh, was that, it? Yeah, I think that's what's shining out there, at their faces. And uh, Cody, as, um, you know, to, to ease the mood, says, well, Shane, you'll win some, you lose some. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? But still. He tells the Countess to get the hell out of there. It's too dangerous. I was with you last night. I can vouch for you that you weren't uh, anywhere near this. You weren't murdering Shane. Do you remember the plot at all at this point? Uh, It's computers, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Russians. My next line was, I'm going to ask Ken what the hell the plot is. Yeah, it's Russians. 
Yeah. It's the Russians and computers. Have we seen a Russian yet? No. Or a computer? Just one earlier. At the beginning? There's a bloke looking at one. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, that's fair enough then. Yeah, so, you know, they, they've included it. Cody is talking himself through the facts of the murder, mm-hmm. and he sees Anita, and she's in uh, the, the beach house, Shane's room, snooping around. Yeah, looking in the drawer. Yeah, and Maid Marion. Yeah, she's, she, she's peeping. She's peeping through the window that I think Cody was peeping through it, Who's this? Maid Marion. Maid Marion. Now, doing, the, doing the bloody time warp, <laughs> just, just outside the window there. <laughs> yeah, telling him we're not going to take it. <laughs> Yeah, Cody uh, basically, he tells Anita to go to the house, get everyone to meet by the pool. He's got something to tell them. Let's see. I saw Shane put those pictures of Anita in one of these drawers. They ain't here now. Hmm. There's blood on this camera. Looks like it's got some exposed film in it. I better check this out. You know what this reminded me of? Remember those old sort of point-and-click adventure games where they explain everything to you? I'm going over to the drawer. There is nothing in this drawer. Mm. That's exactly what he's doing in this fucking scene and throughout the film, in fact. And we've got three main suspects around the pool. They've all got them. A... <laughs> They're immediately around the pool. They are. They're all the motive. There's actually is four of them. There's four, but I'm counting three as the main suspects here. Putting... I've already whittled out one. I'm putting all four in. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what's happening. All four of them. In fact, five of them, because I don't know what Cody's up to. That's true. They're you've all got, in. They're all in. You've got Stuart, who had sex with Shane and um, is a um, male... A drag queen. A drag queen. You've got Liza, who had sex with Shane in the shower. Mm-hmm. You've got and, Anita. And is investing in uh, Jonathan Harper's computer business. Yes. All... Above, that's, above that's board. That's exactly why you'd kill him, isn't it? Above board. And you've got Anita, who cheated on her husband with him. And has just been blackmailed. Yeah. But Stuart's been blackmailed. Yeah. And then you've got Lady Chamberlain, Chamberlain. who's in a wheelchair after having a skiing accident for three months. Yes. Or probably, maybe. Can walk. Had sex with Shane on that skiing holiday. That's what caused the accident. Yeah. She was uh, off the piste. Yeah. And you've got Rowdy, who probably had sex with Shane at some point. Yeah. Well, Rowdy's not in it, but Cody could have. Sorry, I think Rowdy did as well. well that's, <laughs> that's why. Probably, that's why they made the film. That's why he walks like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Cody, who uh, probably wanted to have sex with Shane, even if he didn't get the chance to. Yeah, and made Marion, who's hiding in a bush. Anyway, Cody rings what looks like the village people hotline. This this phone, incidentally, is is a cable phone, isn't it? It's like <laughs> an analog phone with a proper dial on it, and it's at the pool. So how long is that wire? <laughs> I thought that when I looked at it. It's, it's a wired, cabled phone. I mean, where where is the phone point in the in the house that it can reach to the pool? I think it's attached to Lady Chamberlain's wheelchair. <laughs> the old Vietnam field phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, who who is it they're ringing? He's ringing Sally's sexy phone and lip service. I believe it's the village people hotline. Yeah, it's very unusual, isn't Mid it? Mid-investigation, it's a very bold move. And it's a bit racier than the, the sex line in Hobgoblins, isn't it, this? Thankfully, yes. <laughs> All of them are, even though the, even the ones that we don't want to hear. And uh, this, and also, I mean, I didn't write any of the fucking dialogue from that bit Nor, nor did I, but what I did write was uh, there's lots of sex talk going on on various phone calls. Um, and Sexy Sally uh, talks to Cody and gets her tits out yeah. while she's talking to phone. him on the phone. Yeah. Um, and he says, call the police. <laughs> 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 now, now, 
I didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> what was going on? I, I think the the phone service is it's like an operator, isn't it? Where you get them to phone people, you get them, you tell them who you want to phone, and they they put you through. Like, you know, but you know, if we, you don't, it's just a sex line. Yeah, but they also do sex line. But you know, like in the old films where you used to ring up the operator and they used to like unplug something and then plug it into another one, and says you're now connected. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that. Like the black girl from Police Academy. Yeah, I, I, I think if she got her tits out th- all the time. Yeah, that would have been a hell of a different film, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Man, I'd still have watched it. She's the one who was like really timid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have watched that. Timid Tina. That was not her name. All right. Cody. He shows us he's withholding evidence. Yeah, after after getting Sally to phone the police for him. He says they'll be here soon. Now, again, I mentioned, right, the, the telephone service for the numbers you don't know, isn't it? Yeah. So he doesn't know the number of the police when there's a murder. Well, so he, doesn't, he doesn't know what that phone number is. I do, and I don't even live in America. Well, he's only in private investigator, Ken. How many numbers do <laughs> you want him to fucking remember, eh? <laughs> well, we'll come back to that then, shall we? Because I've made a note of something later on. Oh, Ken and his yeah. notes. Yes, yeah, you're damn right. He wants to be the first to see the film developed because he's a pervert, basically, Cody. Yeah, he's, he's, he found that he took the film. Uh, after he got rid of Anita. So he, he he took the film that he found out the camera. Um and yeah, he, he hides it really badly. Mm. Like in his gun or something. And then hides his gun as well. Yeah. Even though they're not going to come and search this the house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really get why he's doing it. He puts the, the camera roll in his gun, the gun in the holster, the holster in a shirt. And then the shirt. And then put a blanket on top. Yeah. And thinks that'll do it. Yeah. But then just leaves it on a chair. So anyone who sits on the chair will immediately go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, it, it's a blanket and the shirt underneath in a, with a holster and a gun and a camera film. My God. <laughs> what could it all mean? Oh, that's a coincidence. We meet the detective brought in to help with the case. Yes. And he looks like he's come straight off the an Inspector Calls theatre production, this guy. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember what his name was, actually. Lieutenant... Um, Thank you for writing that Ulridge. down. Yeah. Lieutenant Ulridge, his name is. And he looks like he took, right, how do you play a policeman? I'm just going to watch Columbo and see how he mm-hmm. does it. That's how you do it. That's exactly how you do it. Uh, Lieutenant Ulridge, he's brought Sergeant Bev McAfee with him, just in case an officer needs to get their tits out, I guess. Well, it's a good job he did, because uh, if it was just him and his like identical twin brother, I wouldn't have enjoyed the... Tit scene. Lieutenant Orridge uh, shows Lady Chamberlain some photos <laughs> that arrived at his office. He says these arrived this morning and takes out a massive envelope that would, doesn't even fit in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that would have been poking him in the face all the way there. It's a Venita in flagrante delecto with mm. Shane. Yeah. How could you? That's what she says to her. Um, but why, why were they sent to his office that morning? Shane was only killed yesterday, like last night. Mm. So who sent them to him yesterday? Maybe we'll find that out. I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll just skip past it and just think, nah, that'll be all right. Lieutenant Ulrich even comes up with his own quip, which I'm guessing he was probably thinking about on the way there. I haven't got the foggiest. (laughs) Is it that one? He says... It's a different quip. That's what I call hard evidence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Which has got to be a Seagal film, hasn't it? Hard evidence? No, it'd be tough, tough, ed- no, urban. Half past urban. evidence. <laughs> yeah. 
Time to evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Time to evidence hard. What happens next is Lieutenant Ul- uh, what's his name? Ulridge. Uh, he fingers Stuart for the murder, mm. but Cody is reluctant to finger anyone with any sort of vigour just yet because he's not convinced. No. Stuart's not bothered. He takes his time, Cody, to discuss the uh, the case with Sergeant Beverly McAfee. Um, and by taking his time, what I mean is have sex with her. Yeah, so straight to the Chamberlain Beach House. What you would do, obviously, if there is a murder investigation, is you'd send a private eye who's at the scene of the crime when it was committed, after it was committed, discovered the body um, withholding evidence. Uh, you'd send him to investigate it with a female officer that he's friends with uh, and in a yeah. sexual <laughs> relationship with. It's all protocol. It's all above board again. Nothing says sexy like a harmonica-driven country song. Thanks. <laughs> I'll and, just, hang on, I'll write that down. <laughs> and, and that's what happens. We get that write harmonica. it down for the lady. <laughs> the harmonica solo as Beverly and Cody are having sex. This goes on, again goes on for ages. It's far too long, this sex scene, isn't it? Yeah, it's every which way but loose, yeah. if you'll pardon the expression, Beverly. Yeah, and Cody even knows how to activate Shane's cameras and gets a little recording in himself, a little late-night viewing, perk of the job. Yeah. There we go. Have a watch of this. Cody and Bailey even watch it. Watch it back. They watch their own sex tape. Immediately. Back. Yeah. Immediately. What's the point of that? What's the point of immediately afterwards? No. What's the point of later? Well, I don't know. I probably would. You'd watch? Well, not of him. <laughs> if it was me, I wouldn't be watching me, would I? That's the point of them, isn't it? <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> no, I said that's the point of them. Cody and Bev. Sorry. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, forget it. Just watch a porno. <laughs> watch somebody else. Yeah. There's, uh, there's some hoodlums. They're turning up in a sports car. I think this is a Ferrari that doesn't get mentioned, isn't it? Is it a Ferrari, this? Yeah, this is, this is when they don't mention that it's a Ferrari. Yeah. This is the bit that I, when I wrote it down. Um, luckily, though, for Cody and Bev, the two the, the guys have turned up with their super soaker and one of those plastic guns you use at the arcade between them. That's what they've got. I like how Sidaris has paid all this money for all these cars but can't get decent firearm props. No, I also like the hair on the one guy. Yeah, I think samurai called, cop style. Is he, is he called Tommy or something? Tommy, no. <laughs> that's okay, then maybe it's not. Cody reminds us of a better film, actually. Those uh, those two guys, incidentally, are the ones that were harassing Maid Marion at the party. The Sheriff of Nottingham and... <laughs> and uh, Friar Tuck. M- mullet Perm. <laughs> mullet Perm. Mullet Perm Frenzy. <laughs> which uh, I think was a wrestling tag team against uh, yours. <laughs> what, at the, some point. <laughs> the little Lebowski Urban Achievers. <laughs> yeah. I think they had a rivalry back uh, in the early uh, days. Now yeah. that you mention it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cody, as I say, he reminds me of a better film because, um, 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 what's his name, Mullet and McFuckface. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. He turns up in the in the bathroom and they put the shower on. He opens the shower curtain and Cody's there with his magnum and this is a small room. He fucking shoots the magnum, which would have just instantly deafened everyone in the All room. All of them. Nearly <laughs> deafened me. I was watching it Bleeding out of their ears after that. And misses, obviously, because he's useless. He's shit. But also, thankfully, the guy with his super soaker misses as well. Yeah, when you say he reminds you of a better film, you've not told us why. 
Oh, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> he, he uses the Dirty Harry line, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he says, go ahead, go for it, make my day. Yeah. So it's not a direct yeah. copyright infringement. Yeah, well <laughs> done. Go, go, Sidaris got caught out on that one. Well done, Sidaris. Um, but Bev, she doesn't miss. Of course she does. Kills him instantly. Yeah. She's she's a real cop though, right? Yeah. I do quite like that every time that she does go to shoot someone, he jumps in front of her like, no, Beverly, wait. <laughs> and he shoots and just misses them. Yeah. If if she'd have just fired anyway. Just killed him instantly. Funnier, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she ends up just shooting everyone herself and him missing all the time. As I say, that's a call. That's a, a call. I say a callback. You see it in the next one, Heart to Hawaii. When yeah, it's a brotherly trait, as if that's a real thing that gets passed on from brother to brother. Yeah, Rowdy's a terrible being shot. shit at uh, being able to shoot people. So with them dead and the, the the anyone that was still there has fucked off. They they towel themselves down and the and the weapons they have, and they surmise that Lady Lillian has a. Uh, was the only person who knew they were going there, so yeah. she must be part of it. Well, then, then he gives us another voiceover where he says, "Could Lady Lillian be a suspect?" Nah. He immediately just discounts the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> he does it to himself. He questions it out loud and says, "No," immediately. What's the point of even saying it? You know, before that, Bev says that she'll take it from there with the Lady Lillian thing, and uh, Cody tells her that he's heading back to Malibu Express and to to call him if she needs anything. Mm. But first, <laughs> he's off for a peanut brittle candy bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's a, a brand, a, like a trademark or something that they paid to have them mentioned in this or whether it's just bullshit. Mm. Not sure. I'm not looking it up either. Thank you. Yeah, and we get the bloody Buffington yeah, family again. Fucking Buffingtons. Another race car. Another car race, even. Bobo wins again. They've got We Are number one on, on plastered on their asses as yeah. they bend over once he wins. Yeah, again, what's the point? Absolutely useless. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Yeah, he's back on his boat after that because I'm just skipping straight over it. Yeah. And he's got a little surprise waiting for him, Ken. Well, hasn't he just? He's got the little Lebowski urban achievers. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> And also, he's got the two girls from the start of the film. Yeah, who just happen to be there as well. They're sitting in his bed waiting. I mean, how long have they been there since he left? Three right, days ago? Three days ago they've been there. They ain't got any water, have they, on their rowboat? And it, this is where Cody shows the awareness of Richard Harrison from Ninja Terminator. Mm-hmm. Because um, the urban achievers literally just get out of the car, which is about 200 yards away, and he already knows. Yeah, and he says, do you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> they haven't even shut the door. It's not that they've heard he's heard a door shut, because one of them doesn't shut their door. The yeah. other one does shut the door, and there's no noise whatsoever. Yeah, which is weird, but still, yeah. So he knows something's going on. Um, we get the uh, yeah, just get on, get on the floor. Oh, this is kinky, kinky. I'm gonna like this. And yeah, I think it's some sort of weird sex aw- game. Awful, awful dialogue from the women. Yeah. Um, we get the, what was a generic New Yorker. He surprises everyone by shouting, yeah, <laughs> when he's not even in the room yet. Yeah. And then suddenly bursts into the room. Um, there's some gunfire, which is awful. And Cody somehow manages to shoot off his ear. Yeah, grazes it, doesn't yeah. he? And, and, um, then, and then he runs off. Yeah, the, I've got my note is the generic New Yorker and Harold the Ambitious legged away from the boat. <laughs> Leaving only... Disco dancer Kevin Prancer. <laughs> yeah, who declares that things piss, piss him off. He says it a couple of times. This pisses me off, he says. Yeah. More than once. Yeah. Uh, I remember um, G. 
Jake Swan, of course. Big Jake Swan from uh, One Man Force, <laughs> who declared, I'm pissed off yes. after he swept a whole desk empty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he declared that was why he's done it. Yeah. Great film. As a true heel tag team always do, they escape, they lick their wounds, and they get the hell out of there. They all get in the car, off they go. He goes back for some sleep, but not before kicking the girls off the boat, of course. Well, it doesn't last long because the next morning they turn up again. (laughs) How did you get past my security system? He wisecracks every time they walk in. Yeah. I guess the security system is a picture of a train. He also he rings Beverly and he tells her that he withheld evidence, which should you probably land him with a, a jail time. And then during the call, the two girls come in. They've got a boombox, they've got coffee, and they've got a baton, and they do some sort of dance routine. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you are you alone? Yes. Yeah. And he says actually, what is happening? Yeah, which isn't a glowing endorsement for her detective skills because she's just like, yeah, okay, then that's that's fine. Yeah, he says no. A topless girl is serving me coffee, and. I can't remember what he said about the other one. Um, the girl is twirling a baton or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, he, as I say, he rings the sex line. We get some nautical-based sex talk then. Yeah, him. yeah. I'm on the boat. Yeah. She starts talking about... She says, I want you to batten down my hatch, which yeah. isn't overly uh, pleasant. That actually sounds disgusting. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Sally's phone and lip service may help you. Yeah, good morning, Sally. Listen, can you give me June knockers at Willow Springs? Cody, it's you. Where are you? I'm on my boat. I'd love to raise your sails and tighten your jib sheet. I want you to batten down my hatch. I can't wait. We're going to do it port and starboard, fore and aft. Please, Sal, I have all I can take this morning, all right? Sure, baby. Is that knockers with an H? You got it. Cody, does she give better lip service than I do? Honey, that's a negatory. Well, then I'll get her for you. Basically, he says to her that he needs her all of film developed and is Rodney there so that she can develop it for him. And then he rings Bev again and tells her that he will he'll meet her at the uh, the Chamberlain house. But for now, he's go he's got a couple of things to take to take care of, which I thought he was talking about the girls that were there with him at the time. But is that not what he means? I don't think so. Are there's you someone. Sure? There's, Are you sure though? There's someone listening on the other line. Oh, that's right. It is the, the maid. That's why I've written the maid. Yeah. It's a black gloved hand, though. It's like, to, like again, Giallo trying to conceal the identity. Yeah, but then doesn't the maid say yeah. he's gone to the thing? So, yeah, so why well, she wearing gloves? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bev says that she's got to console Lady Chamberlain anyway and that she'll meet him out in the racetrack or something. And once she's gone, she, she does summon Maid Marion. Um, do you know how she summons her? Does she fire an arrow into the air with a note on it? No. It's quite simple, Ken. It's just a jump to the left. (laughs) She's in a wheelchair. (laughs) It's not as simple as you think. She asks her where Cody, uh, where where they've gone, and uh, she tells her May Marion knows that they're at the racetrack. Yeah, that's why I thought it was her listening. Yeah. It makes sense. 
the the little Lebowski Urban Achievers, they're back. They're following Cody. They're easily lost, though. Simple this, turn off the, the highway. This, 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 like, there's a car chase. Don't lose him. They're the only two cars on the road. Yeah. It's a straight road, and they're right behind them. Yeah. Yeah, he says, well, next time you drive. And he's like, he's there. Like, he's in front of you. Yeah. You can't You can't possibly lose him. And it, yeah. And it's it's all the way through. Stay on him. He's like, he's still there. Look, we've, nothing's happened since. And I think one of the cars on the road, and uh, using that one of the car, he loses them. <laughs> yeah, he takes the turn off, and they don't see it until it's too late. So they've got to double back. Yeah, next time you drive, he says again. Yeah, um, Bev's introduced to June knockers. She talks <laughs> shit about Bev, saying, "Oh, is this your older sister?" Yeah, it's a bit harsh. Yeah, I mean, can't they all get along? Can't they all just get along? I mean, what's the problem? Cody asks where Rodney is, and she says, "Oh, she's up in her office or whatever." They go up there, and he, she, uh, Cody says to Rodney that he, he wants it developed fast. It, it needs to be fast. It doesn't have to be good. And Rodney says, sounds like most men I know, but I bet you'd be different to, to <laughs> yeah, fucking Cody. Yeah, I know. That was like a, a decent quip, but um, then ruined. Yeah, we've got to go back to the fact that everyone loves Cody. Yeah. Um, which, Co- again, which, again, is, is weird. You know, I just hate it. I hated all of this bit. Yeah. Um, they, they just like the urban achievers. They turn up at the racetrack eventually, just as they get the picture that they need. Yeah, it, it, it to me it seemed weird that at this racetrack, um, there's a photographic dark room developing center. Yeah, it's not the immediate combination of like business fronts I'd think of. I don't know. Speaking maybe, of, maybe maybe I'm not the entrepreneur that they are. Speaking of business fronts, um, June Knockers is out racing a car around. Mm-hmm. And um, as as um, Cody and Bev are leaving, Bev gets shot in the shoulder by a generic New Yorker. Yeah, they turn up and instantly just shoot her. Yeah. She throws the bag to Cody, I'm assuming has the pictures in, and says to make a run for it. And he starts hiding behind the cars and stuff as, as the guys you yeah. know chase after him. I've written it's a boring shootout. It is very boring. Yeah. I skipped over it. Yeah. At one point, however, the uh, generic New Yorker does shout, Yeah! Yeah. He also kills a child on a motorbike. Yeah, he's got a grenade, actually, <laughs> yeah. uh, the the uh, New Yorker. He also carries a grenade. Uh, we get a, f- a throwback to this car is tits, in which point uh, June Knockers says, then what are these, and gets out her tits. It's like, you can't even have a shootout without some tits being in like inserted into it. <laughs> it's, it's like totally pointless use of tits during this. It's like, what? Why are you constantly getting your tits out, June? Because her name's June Knockers. What's yeah, she, what well, is she going to do? Get her what? fucking dick out. <laughs> yeah, that's at the end when they do the big reveal. She'd be called June Knobbers if that was the case, wouldn't she? <laughs> June Conkers. <laughs> like a bloody psychiatrist desk toy. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Cody, yeah. doesn't Cody, he, uh, he takes the race car, doesn't he? That June gets out. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is actually uh, just after she gets her tits out. That's when a motorcyclist just suddenly drives straight into a gunfight. It turns out to be a kid. I yeah. don't know. I don't know, but yeah, and is shot dead immediately, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, I like it, how he's in a race car. He drives off. June's in the car with him, and um, the generic New Yorker is still shooting. And I think it's um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but I think it's disco dancer kevin prancer that says 
why are you shooting? He's already gone. Yeah, because he's <laughs> like, a big, yes. yeah, he's still shouting, yeah. And you think to yourself, like, this car is fucking rapid. They're never going to catch the car, this car. The, the car's tits, I'm telling you. It is. Everyone's tits. telling you. Tits on toast. It's tits. It's tits galore. Yeah. <laughs> it's tits on heat. It flies like shit off a shovel. Flies like tits off a toast rack. <laughs> Good album. <laughs> what they do to catch up with him is they kidnap an elderly helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah, by the name by the name of Harry House. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a German spelling of house, not a, not just called a house. Because you remember like seeing that helicopter previously in the film and the fact that it shares a a base with the the photo, photo <laughs> yeah, photographic development center and uh, the racetrack, a, a meaningless racetrack. Yeah, so they kidnap him yeah. and they demand that he fly them in pursuit of Cody's race car, and he does. Fair play to him. Yeah, well, what happens though in the car is that this is June, ridiculous. June knockers with an H uh, is apparently turned on by driving at high speed, which must be weird when she's on her own in the car. Yeah. But uh, still, she's not on her own in the car now because Cody's driving uh, and she gets her tits out and uh, just kind of annoying, to be honest. She's just irritatingly she's flashing annoying. her tits at him. Yeah. And she's like, uh, how about we fool around? They've got to be going 18 miles an hour there. Uh, I, th- I think he does na- uh, number check what speed they're going at. I didn't write it down because I was bored by this point. But uh, I like how the generic New Yorker says, look what he's making her do. That's disgusting. Blow him away. And, um, yeah. And yeah, he's forcing her to uh, get her tits out and stick them in his face. Let's kill them. Disco dancer. <laughs> That'll teach him alone. <laughs> Disco dancer Derek Prancer gets the best line of the film when he says, I can't. All I see is tits. <laughs> <laughs> Which I definitely have on a t-shirt. I care about us. Jesus, we put those things away. Nobody's making it do. That's disgusting. Blow them away. I can't. All I see is tits. That would have been better if that was the line in the Sixth Sense. <laughs> All I see is tits. That is in the porn version. Um, <laughs> the tits sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, my note here is this is totally idiotic from June and you'd throw her out the car. Yeah. And she gets pissed off with this. Uh, she calls it total rejection. Yeah, she says total rejection. Can be wild is total rejection. Mm-hmm. And was me looking with an eyebrow raise at the camera. It's only now that she asks that what's what's the helicopter doing up there? Yeah, yeah. He said, I've been trying to tell you for 37 minutes. Yeah. No, he doesn't. But uh, he said, I've been trying to tell you, look, we've been under attack. They're trying to kill us. He's like, oh, yeah. June ridiculously then says to the helicopter guys if they want to fool around. And Disco Dancer Derek Prancer says something along the lines of, say hello to these tits. <laughs> And gets his shotgun out the window at him. <laughs> yeah, and neither of them realise that they can't hear each other because yeah, they're, like, it's a they're quite some distance away. Unless they're in the same world as um, yeah, Samurai, Samurai Cop. Cop. Yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> gives the old finger gun. We get a little cameo of Andy Sidaris and his wife. They're in a Winnebago as they drive past Is that them. who it is? Yeah. He was in the uh, Hard Ticket as well, wasn't he? He was. As oh, the, right. Yeah. I didn't recognise him at all. 
I like it. Basically, generic New Yorker has a plan. They're going to park the chopper in the middle of the road to stop them from driving past. Yeah. He tells the elderly guy to wait there and they're going to surround the, the road. <laughs> what I do like is that he, he says, uh, take it over that mountain. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> he's done everything they've asked him to do. <laughs> and yet he still calls him a bastard <laughs> just to prove that he's a bad guy. Yeah. I thought, poor old Harry House. <laughs> yes. Well, Harry House gets the last laugh. Yeah. Because as soon as they get out of the helicopter, he just flies off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that. Take that, bad guys. <laughs> yeah, you've got no power over the house. Yeah. The house master. The house always wins. <laughs> oh, that would have been great if he'd have said it as he flew off. <laughs> yeah. They should shut up, you bastard. Yeah. Generic New Yorker starts shooting at the helicopter and Cody going what must be 90 miles yeah, an hour. This is a this is speed, yeah. Drives straight into him and he does the uh, hard ticket to why flip into the air. Yeah, he's he's just up in the air. I don't think we even actually see him land. He just flies in the air and everyone looks upwards. Yeah, and then I'm get, because he's got the uh the grenade attached to him. Yeah, I did wonder actually because he suddenly explodes. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that um uh, disco dancer does say Goddamn grenades or something yeah. along those lines. I'm getting too old for this shit, I think is what he says. Cody, he crashes the car after he hits um, generic New Yorker. They have to end up climbing out the window and escaping on foot, and they're pursued by the tag team. He does actually land on top of June Knockers at some point that looks mm. like he's just fallen over on top of her and she flattens to the ground. Yeah. She could probably have hurt. Yeah. I like the, the line here from Harold the Ambitious when he says... Let's break his ass in half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the the line you want. Well, that's the plan. That's the only plan they've got now that uh, generic New York has exploded. Yeah, they have a foot chase along the hills. It's so fucking boring, and yeah. he went into a coma. Yeah, it's dull. Cody looks at his gun and says, "We're in big trouble." To which Naka says, "No shit, Kimusabi." <laughs> <laughs> It's great dialogue. Yeah. And Cody explains that he's only got one bullet left and he's never hit a moving target in his life. In his godforsaken, in his tit-ridden life. In his useless, pathetic life. Well, as they say, Ken, knockers by name, knockers by nature. Yeah, there's only one way to sort this out. She flashes her tits at disco dancer Derek Prancer, who stops dead and stares long enough for Cody to shoot him in his sort of hip, I guess. Yeah, it's still a bad shot, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. thing is about June Knockers, um, she's not even got the best tits in the film. It's weird that she's so eager to get them out all the time. Who has got the best prancer? He's got very firm, hasn't he? Very firm tits. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's got the best tits. I'm not watching it again to, to definitely tell you. But definitely not Knockers. I don't think so, no. You're knocking knockers. <laughs> I can knock knockers if I want, but you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying they're disgusting. I wasn't sick of them. Yeah, it's not, it's not like the the Shining or anything. What Jack Nicholson? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Scatman Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> you not see the director's cut of that, no? <laughs> I'd like some ice cream, Doc. Cody grabs Prancer's shotgun and shoots Harold the ambitious in the knee. Um, there's more Dirty Harold ref- uh, Dirty Harold <laughs> Dirt. No, 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 you should because they've changed the quote so as not to be sued you should also keep that there's in more... case they sue us <laughs> Yes, there's more Dirty Harry references from Cody he says you know, he Filthy the... Harold Filthy, <laughs> despicable Harold 
He says the uh, did I fire? Did he? Does he misquote that as well? Does he? He says did did I fire six or, or five? The thing is, at the beginning, um, when he's in the shooting gallery, I actually counted. He only shot five then, mm. just in case you wondered. On this occasion, I haven't counted, but he did also say he's only got one shot left and used it to shoot him in the hip. Yeah. So, you know, regardless of how many he yeah, shot, no he hasn't there. got any. Yeah. We know that already. Yeah, he, he he pulls the trigger and it clicks, so he's fine. And he tells... um he tells in, in Dirty Harry, he does only shoot five. Oh, does he? Yeah, but then he clicks it back, which rotates the barrel one more time, so the bullet he's got left moves away. Oh, is that true? So when he says, uh, I got to know, and he shoots nothing, he did actually have one left. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Cody tells them that he'll send someone back for them. Oh yeah, yeah, because like he's he's all right. He's mates with them now. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean they're the little Lebowski urban achievers. <laughs> you know they've they've come through a lot. Yeah. And that's the last we see of those two, unfortunately. Yeah, we don't see the car go back either. So what I, I do I like what car it would have been? Maybe an Oldsmobile. Yes. Yeah, or a, a black Ford or yeah. something else that they tell us. I do like Cody's quote here. He says, "I tell you one thing." June's front porch. No, June's gorgeous front porch really saved our ass. Mm. And then the Sidaris love wagon turns back up. A bit of comet relief here with Sidaris. Yeah. She says, God bless you. And he says, God certainly blessed you. Yeah, with those tits. With those knockers. Yeah. And, he's, and she says, how do you know my name? Those knockers. <laughs> That's what their neighbours would say. There's when a they comma to... after those. <laughs> All right. He certainly did. With those knockers. I think their neighbours, when they had a noise complaint, when they rang the police. Who is it? It's those knockers yeah. next door. They think it was just like trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Anyway, they, they they get dropped off. June goes to get Cody some ammo. He makes sure to tell her exactly what he needs. Yep. Hollow point. Yes. I don't know if that's readily available, to be honest. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. And uh, he calls Bev. She's at the doctor's. He tells her that he's... Yeah. Okay, so like this... This is a phone number that he he knows, yeah? A doctor. Mm. A doctor that she happens to be at at the time he rings. Yet Sexy Sally has to ring the police because he doesn't know their phone number. That's the point I was making earlier. What's What the fuck is the point of Sexy Sally's phone service? Well, sometimes, Ken, just a number sticks in your head, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh one one eight five 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 one one five seven two five three. I think that's the number. Thanks. Um, yeah. And, Whose uh, number's that? I think it was IT crowd. The new number oh, for right. the police. Nice one. Well, that's easy to remember. He calls Bev at the doctor's, tells her that he's off to save the day, and um, and uh, he says bollocks to her in a backup, basically. Yeah, wait, like, wait. wait for backup. No. He's not doing that. No. Tits, anyway. We cut straight to some more tits. We get a montage of tits, actually. Do you remember Jonathan Harper? I remember him. He did used to have a very, very reputable computer company, I believe. Yeah, I forgot about this character, but he's back now. And he's looking at tits, isn't he? From hours ago. He is. He's got yeah. some tits. Yeah, there's tits. It's a tits montage. This it's a, that literal tit fest. This professional computer business-looking place has turned into a strip club now. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, he's not got his uh, big muscular rapists hanging around with him like he like he would prefer. And uh, he's even put up some homemade porn of Liza's aunt just for her, and she doesn't seem to respond to it. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Look. Here, here's your sister getting raped by uh, your chauffeur <laughs> who also <laughs> raped you. It's That'd your sister-in-law. This is funny, isn't it? Look, yeah. you like this. <laughs> Cody, he turns up, he shoots the music box because it was stationary. Sends everyone out except for Liza and Jonathan. And Cody asks the the question. <laughs> Liza actually asks the, the reasonable question of, I've invested in your company. Why are you showing me a video of Shane and Anita having sex? <laughs> <laughs> Fair like, enough. He's like, actually, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's not how I should be conducting my business. I'm supposed to be a reputable computer salesman. What am I doing here? To be fair to him, although after our conversation today, Ken, maybe I'm cutting him too much slack. He does say, well, I did have reservations. (laughs) But that could have meant anything. Maybe he was going to a... (laughs) Yeah, he just looks directly at the camera. He's like, hmm. Maybe he's going to a Native American... (laughs) Yeah, to ask them if they want to watch the video that he's got of porn. Yeah, or maybe he was just going to a restaurant. We'd just never find out. Yeah, he says to Eliza, why did she kill Shane? (gasps) We all thought it was Stuart in the (gasps) Mac. What? (gasps) It It was Eliza. Yeah, it was Fleetwood Mac. How did she? How did you set it up to make it look like Stuart did it? And Liza says that he has no evidence. And Cody, he pulls out the picture that Rodney developed just as Lieutenant Ulrich makes his grand entrance. <laughs> he learns straight out of theatre school. Opens the door in a big what? grandiose manner. It would be brilliant if at this point it was like, dun, dun, dun. That's, that's definitely what he wanted. That's what I did out loud. I got a message saying, can you shut up downstairs, please? <laughs> I'm trying to get to say I've got work in the morning. <laughs> I was just like... <gasps> I like how Cody proves his theory as well. He puts a pair of tights over Liza's head. <laughs> he brought them with him. Brought them with him. Through all of the gunfight, through all of this bollocks. He's had a pair of tights in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. And again, they they just see through tights. There's, no, there's hardly any colour to them. Yeah. Totally useless. Puts it over Liza's head, which she lets him do, and then brings the picture up next to her, and the it, picture it, that they had developed. It is identical. A perfect match. Yeah, it is a, exactly identical. My note here is, it's blatantly obvious it's her. Why does he even need to put the tights over her head? Yeah, because even with the tights on her head, it looks like her. Both Liza and Jonathan were arrested. Case closed, right? Not so. I'd made a mistake. The next morning, I invited everyone involved to meet me on my boat. Uh, our last scene of the film, its uh, we're on the Malibu Express. They're, they're on the back of the boat. You've got Cody there. They're all <laughs> drinking yeah, champagne. Yeah, everyone's on there, isn't they? June Knockers. You've got Lady Chamberlain. You've got Sergeant Beverly McAfee. Lieutenant Ulrich is there in the same fucking Mac and hat as before, even though it looks hot as fuck. And for some reason, May and Faye are on the boat with yes, him as well. Yes, yes, his neighbours are also there. And I thought this was very similar to the end of uh, Hard Hard Ticket to Hawaii, where they do pretty much exactly the same. And I thought they were all just going to go, and they all just have a laugh, and uh, who cares? Who killed anyone? And they just all sail away. Um, But no. Close. (laughs) It's very close, though, isn't it, to exactly that. Cody proposes a toast to a young lady they're all very happy to have with them today. Liza. (gasps) Liza enters from within the boat along with Douglas F. Wilton. Yeah. Remember him? Yes, I do, yeah. Former district attorney and now high-ranking government official. 
This is what we find out about him. And uh, something to do with the yacht club. Chairman of the yacht Cody's committee. Daddy's Yacht Club Committee. Yeah, that's, that's him, yeah. That's, I knew I recognised that guy. Cody tells us that earlier that day, he went to pick up his car when he ran into Peggy from the gym. You remember her, Ken? Yes, she was outrageously sexy, Peggy. She was my favourite of the gym girls. There's a bit of flow. Very, I actually thought she was going to turn up and be in it. She was going to be the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. I thought that as yeah, well. Yeah, I was like, no way. I wrote her down. She's yeah. my favourite gym girl. And no, no, she's not the murderer. Spoiler. There's a bit of flirting. Reminds, it reminds him of a picture of Liza. And they're in the photo, the killer. Get this, Ken. Mm. You're not going to believe this. The what? The killer is holding the gun right-handed. And Liza... <gasps> Is no-handed? Hasn't got any hands. Is left-handed. Oh, shit! So even though the killer looks exactly like Liza, it can't be anyone else but her, because it is her, because the killer's holding it in her right hand... But the gun's in the other hand. It it can't be Liza. Oh, my God. You follow me so far, Ken? Yeah, this is incredible. Well, listen to this. This will really blow your mind, because Cody knew it was a woman. Really? That's what he says. He says, I knew it was a woman, of that he could be sure. Do you know how he knew that? Uh, because of the lipstick? Close, because oh. of the height of the killer. <laughs> All the guys around there, if you yeah. notice, Ken, yeah. are over six foot tall, you see. I have noticed that, yeah. They, they measure themselves. Yeah, even though the photo is taken from the tits up and there's no sort of frame of reference for mm-hmm. how tall the person could be in the photo. No. Well, ballistics could have told him, but he's not a party to that. No. <laughs> Anyway, Cody rules Maid Marion straight out. Do you know, do you know how he rules her out? Because, uh, no. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> because Maid Marion is a figment of everyone's imagination because there's no reason for that character to really exist. He says she oh. was too stupid to disguise herself. <laughs> She would never have fit that hair into a tight, yeah. in, into a stocking at all. Yeah. There's no way. Plus it looks fuck all like her and she's got black hair. So yeah. that's that's also and, reason. And she's like six foot eight. <laughs> yeah. She's enormous. Never mind that. It's because she was too stupid because to put she, her disguise on. Because she's on. an idiot. She would have walked in, killed him, just as made Marion. So those, those are my two main suspects out. They're gone. Right, so... Anita. She's my next one. Too drunk. Damn it. She was too drunk. There's no way she could feign being drunk. She was too drunk. Oh, she's my third suspect. Lady Chamberlain. My next one. Had a, a leg in cast, which could you maybe the perfect alibi. Mm, it was in Colombo. Yeah, no. Uh, surely it was. I'm sure I remember one of them. So that only leaves one more person. Cody. No. Um, the actual killer was... Stuart. No. It was him, and the police were right to arrest him. No. <laughs> and he is a murderer. The real murderer is Liza. Lieutenant Ulrich take her away, and yeah. they arrest her again. Yeah. They like, drag fact, her to what, the ground. Why the hell have we brought her out of prison? <laughs> they brought her out again so we could prove it again. <laughs> and they take her away. Here's a photograph of her. Look. <laughs> look, it's the same photo. It's obviously her, people. For God's How many what? times have I got to tell you? Why are we questioning it? Look at her. Yeah. She's tackled to the ground, handcuffed. Shot dead. Yeah, the end. <laughs> you left his pony somewhere down in Texas. 
Headed for the bright lights of LA. No, of course not. Oh, that would have been a great ending. It would have been. He just yeah. brought her out just to just to <laughs> prove it again. Prove it. He also thinks it was her. <laughs> prove it a second time. The police are correct. It was, in fact, the Countess. What? Countess Luciana. Because he went there to see how she was. He went to her house to yeah. see how she was. And she left a recording explaining the whole plan to him. So there wasn't any need for all that bollocks before where he's looking at the photo like... Oh, maybe it isn't her because she's right-handed. Because she says to him, basically, the whole plan, she explains it in a, in a recording. There's got to be more to it than this. Please play the entire recording. I was going to. Yes, please do, because you're never going to do it justice no, as to how I was just gonna play convoluted the whole this bullshit is. Cody, by the time you hear this, I'll be in Hawaii. I knew you wouldn't let an innocent person go to jail. I did leave you some obvious clues. And I knew your analytical mind would eventually find them all. I remembered the first time we made love. <laughs> you were thirsty afterward. So the next time we made love, at the Chamberlain house after the party, it was easy for me to give you a sleeping powder. Then I went downstairs to Shane's room and killed him. I disguised myself as Liza in case I was spotted. Shane took a picture of me before he died. I purposely pried open his drawer from the right side. Then I intentionally took the wrong camera. I counted on you to figure out that the person in the picture was not Liza. Shane was about to ruin the lives of people I love. He was also a traitor and a threat to our national defense. He was Jonathan Harper's courier to the Russians. I'm not just another pretty face. Of course you will keep it confidential that I work for the government, specifically Douglas Wilton. Douglas and I planned Shane's elimination. So I hope that's answered everybody's questions, but how did she look just like Liza in the photo? I think that's what you were asking me during when we were playing that, Ken. I'm glad you asked. Elementary, my dear Kenneth. All it took was a simple mask made to perfectly replicate human skin and indeed a perfect double of Liza's face, mm -hmm. which she kept on its own custom stand under a red satin cloth. <laughs> Right? Yep. It melts in a matter of seconds, so all it leaves is uh, just a bubbling load of shit. It's it's like the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, isn't it? Yes, it the is, it yeah. Melts. But um, what, do you, what do you mean it only lasts a matter of seconds? It lasts a matter of seconds well, before it melts. How long ago was the crime? You're not understanding this, are you, Ken? <laughs> not see, really, this, no. This is the problem. I knew you weren't listening, Ken, you see. <laughs> the, the thing is... She made this this exact replica because I, I, I she's heard, an artist. I heard that bit, yeah. She's I, an artist. Apparently, yeah, she is now. Cody yeah. always knew she was an artist. Do you know how many times she said it in the film? No. I, I can't remember either, no. but she I said it. I know how it. many times I saw her tits, but not how many times she mentioned she was an artist. The artist formerly known as Tits, <laughs> I think is what her name was. <laughs> she made that yeah. just so Cody could see it. But she had a different mask then. Oh. That was also an exact replica that she made for so their where, artistry. Where's, where's the previous mask? Melted. It melted on her face. And she's disfigured, which is why she ran Horrific away. Horrific burns. Why she ran off to Hawaii. Hey, that's a good wrestler name. What? Horrific burns? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, then yeah. Let's have him involved in the pitch. You've got to rewrite this pitch. <laughs> got to rewrite the pitch. <laughs> Yeah, horrific. How would you? How? So yeah, it melts a matter of seconds. So there's no, there's no evidence. 
that she did it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what she could have done. He's got a mask that doesn't melt in seconds and then destroy it after the crime. No, Ken, I don't... No, I, I don't know. I'm I not a criminal mastermind, I am I? can't stress to you how important it is that this mask melts instantly in contact with air. As soon as the satin cloth's taken off it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Dark Man. It is. But it had a, it had a, like a time limit on that, at least. Yeah. This one, apparently, is just immediate. A matter of seconds. As soon as a cloth's taken off, it melts. Yeah. Gosh, she's shit at her job. And that's why she could wear it for so long during the killing, and it looked fine. It's she wasn't it wearing a satin cloth. What was she wearing? A tight, a, a stocking. Probably has the same effect. Anyway, also, the recording that he she admits to all this on blows up like Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course it does. So although he's saying all this on the boat, and all the evidence points to Liza still, they're taking Cody's word, who isn't a policeman. No. He's a private dick. With absolutely no evidence of it, because the tape was destroyed and the mask melted, that it was in fact the Countessa who who did the murder, not Liza. So what's stopping them from just saying, actually, it's most likely Liza, isn't it? It still is, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But they all seem fine with it. Yeah. And in fact, the Countessa, I think Cody might have actually added this in the story himself, to be honest, because she offers him some sex at a later date. Mm -hmm. Says, just come and find me in... Barbados or wherever the fuck she's, she's gone. She's in Hawaii. That's why I thought it was the connection. I thought she'd gone. She'd got a hard ticket. Mm. And she'd gone straight to Hawaii. A hard ticket to where? <laughs> See, that's what this film lacks. A beautiful theme tune. Yeah, it does. It doesn't have it, does it? It's a hard ticket But do you get it now, Ken? Do you get why the Countessa did it? Uh, no. What? No. <laughs> I can't believe you, you don't What's understand. What's the motive? <laughs> <laughs> Lady Chamberlain says, I'm going to leave you with this, Ken. Yeah. I do wish she hadn't killed Shane. It was such an inconvenience. Yeah, well, she's in a wheelchair. Yeah, so. Doesn't that say something about the common man and what the rich think of the poor? I guess it does, yeah. Not about them as human beings, but the fact that it's an inconvenience mm-hmm. to their lives. Yeah, you're right. I think that's the point of the film. Yeah, anyway. Finally, finally told us what the point of the film was. Anyway, Cody has a flashback to all the nudity we've seen in the film, he which does. is a fucking yeah. lot, you Yeah, know. we have a massive tits montage. Yes. Yeah, I've written it down, tits montage. Uh, what, have you got the last line of the film? I was going to play it as a voiceover. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just making sure it's the same one as me. Before. Oh, well, what have you got? I've got, oh, Cody Abilene. Oh, no, I wouldn't have had that. My Abilene. My Abilene, she yeah. says, isn't it? That's Lady fucking Chamberlain, isn't it, that says that? Yeah, which, what the hell is she talking about? I don't know if she's old. They're probably going to bury was, her. He was just there staying at her house. There's yeah. no connection between them two. No. I mean, the Miami on. connection. <laughs> <laughs> the hard ticket to Hawaii. Miami connection. Malibu. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. So we get a flashback of all the nudity we had in the film and a last voiceover to see us out. I do wish Luciana hadn't killed Shane. It's such an inconvenience. Good help is so very hard to find, you know. Except where you're concerned, Cody. You're just a wonderful cowboy. 
Why, you'd help any woman in distress, wouldn't you? Would I help any woman in distress? Yes, ma'am, I would. Uh, what do you think then, Ken? I didn't enjoy it as much as Hard Ticket to Hawaii at all. People say that this is um, Sidaris's most uh, accomplished film in no, terms of an actual maybe, film. Okay, parts of in, in point of tits, yes. Meaningless tits, if you'll pardon that expression. Yeah, I think this like, is when it he, doesn't make sense. When he actually tried to be clever and tried to have a plot and stuff, and then he was just like, you know what, I'm just going to make them fun, I think, is what he did afterwards. Yeah, this, I mean, it's it's nothing happens for an hour and a half, and then that last ten minutes explanation is, is like, it's like the end of Clue. Yeah. Isn't but it? Except without Tim Curry going through it all. Without it was, Tim Curry being massively entertaining, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it's... It's just like, what the hell are you talking about? That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was... No, I, I, I didn't like it as much as that. It had its moments. It had its fun. I had it's, more fun talking about it than watching it. It certainly had its tits. But ultimately, it, it just meant nothing. This film. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favourite character? It's difficult, to be honest. It's difficult. Um, I probably, I mean, I did like outrageously sexy Peggy. Yeah. But uh, I didn't expect her to come back, actually, a second time, but she did. I don't know. Made Marion. Yeah. Because I don't know what that was. I don't know what the point of that was. No. So, yeah, she's my favourite character because I'm not sure why she was even in it. Yeah. I mean, I liked... um... Derek Prancer, but I think it's because I gave him that name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's that's because of him though. No, it? I think that's Although, like, yeah, that that's just gonna piss him off. The disco dancer Derek Prancer. Not Derek, Kevin Prancer. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with him. Uh favourite death? Was there a death? Oh, it's only Shane, wasn't it, that died? Except for obviously the generic New Yorker. Yeah, who just exploded. Just exploded. You didn't really see him explode. You no. just like saw an explosion. Maybe the child getting shot off the bike for no reason. <laughs> that was quite good fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm going to go with Shane's death because um, he survived long enough to do things yeah. that he needed to do, like in um, Police Squad where he finishes his admin in the first episode, <laughs> <laughs> where he just carries on stamping like things in the uh, job centre, <laughs> which I thought was really good. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, because... And then he also hugged a TV, stood up and... Twirled it round like he was... And dived out of a beauty window. Beauty and the fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> Dance yeah. scene. That's what I thought, actually, when they explained it at the end. I thought, ah, Taylor's all this time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favourite uh, scene in the film? Um. Yeah, just all of the sex scenes. Go on, then why not? God, I hated all those. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the shower scene where the brunette kept looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> what about a uh, favorite line from the film? They were all pretty bad. Mm. I did. I did like the front porch. Yeah, that was my I, favorite. I, I mean, I'm not sure anyone calls it that, do they? No. But I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I don't think anyone calls breasts the front porch. I tell you one thing, June's gorgeous front porch really <laughs> saved our ass. Yeah, that's a, one of the narrations. I don't like the narrations. Yeah, I'm surprised your, your favourite character wasn't um, Knockers. No, 
I didn't. I didn't like June knockers. Why not? I didn't like her knockers. And with that, <laughs> we'll move on to the film pitch. Okay, so it's my turn to do the film pitch this week. Good. A bit more pre-planned than usual. I've got a basic <laughs> outline. Hang on, is that a dig? Is that a dig at me? <laughs> Tra-la-la. <laughs> I do my best, okay? Okay, so here's, here's, the, here's the plot. I'm bringing back Harold the Ambitious mm-hmm. and disco dancer Kevin Prancer. Gotcha. The little Lebowski urban achievers. They're hired to fly to the Middle East to steal a priceless Fabergé egg (laughs) on display on a super yacht, which is also showcasing a wrestling extravaganza (laughs) for the Arabian royal family. Wow. That's that's got like combined both, hasn't it? Art lovers and wrestlers. It's the perfect mix. Yeah, yeah. They go undercover as wrestlers, along with two other undercover tag teams, and must steal the egg and escape the yacht whilst the wrestling event is ongoing. It's like Ocean's Eleven, but with wrestling. What do you reckon? Is that it? That's the plot. Okay, so you're bringing them back. Yep. You said two other tag teams. I did. Hit me with them. Well, we'll go casting first. Harold the Ambitious and disco dancer Kevin Prancer. We can't get the two guys from before. They're too old now. They're up there old, tired, rusted, busted. Oh, man. They're probably all sagged. So I'm thinking... Well, aren't they saggy? Saggy, yeah. I'm thinking for Harold the Ambitious, I'm thinking Scott Adkins. Get him back in. Okay, yeah. He'll, he'll do it because he's, he's on tap now, isn't he, for us? Yeah. Disco dancer Kevin Prancer, Terry Crews. Nice. That's the little Lebowski Urban Achievers. Got it. We've got a girl tag team now. What? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, modern day, isn't it? Of course, yeah. We've got Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. She's playing brass ovaries. <laughs> okay, yeah. We've got... Brass, you say? Yeah. Brass. Yeah. We've got Gina Carano. Nice. One of my favourites. She's playing... Yes. She's playing She-Unit. <laughs> the She-Unit? Just She-Unit. Oh, right, okay. That one word? She-Unit. Yeah, okay. Their tag team name is Two Girls No Fucks. <laughs> well, to be honest... <laughs> If either of those two came at me and demanded fox, <laughs> it. I ain't standing in the way of that. I've got to say, as in no fucks given. All oh, right, as okay. in not like fucking. Okay. As in like okay, in that case, uh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> we've got luchadors now. Yes, played by Dominic Lawton and Kenby Wild. <laughs> it's about time. Dominic Lawton plays Senor Question Mark Face. <laughs> What's his gimmick? He's <laughs> <laughs> just got a mask with a question mark on it. Or has he? Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> mysterious. Kenby Wilde plays the flying corpse. <laughs> which is, he's just like, you know, like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> That's him. Oh, I just catapulted at people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at all times, he's just dead in the sea. <laughs> he's got to be carried around. Yeah. We've got a handler. Mm-hmm. 
It's Carl Weathers. Yes. Uh, Carl, Carl Weathers, he goes undercover with us as a, as he's the manager of uh, the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. As you know, like they have a manager that comes out with them. He's uh, his undercover name is Captain Carl Weathers. That's clever. Yeah. Wears a pirate hat. Of course. Eye patch. Yeah. Wooden leg. How many eye patches? Two. Nice. Wooden leg. How many? Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to stop them is the head of security of the yacht, an ex-Marine called Jack Action. Oof. He's played by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're not going head-to-head with him. Yeah. I'm a corpse. Yeah, well, I you will be. I much chance here. You will be. Jesus. What's his name? Jack, Jack Action. Jack Action. I like that name. Yeah, and they've got to stop us from stealing the Fabergé egg. So you've got... Is that what we're after? Yeah, we've got Harold the Ambitious and disco dancer Kevin Prancer. Yeah. They're kind of the um, the brains behind it. They organise the whole thing. Surely they're the muscle behind the whole thing. No, that's brass ovaries and she unit. Okay. So what are we doing there? Distraction. <laughs> I'm distracted. I'm dead. Who's <laughs> that dead bloke we're, we're the, um, we're that's, the That's the distraction I've got. Because we're Lucha Libres, we're nimble. We can get into cracks and crevices. We're corpse. <laughs> we can put you in a not overly nimble. We can put you in a laundry basket, and then leave you in the room, and then the, the <laughs> forever. The, 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 <laughs> the thing that everyone else escapes, the, the, the and lo- I'm just there rotting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good distraction. About four months later, <laughs> what the hell's that? I mean, I'd ideally like a uh, a different name for your character, but what what what's the flying part? Just because I like launch you, you off the ropes. Okay. As our as our finisher is, I remember we we're just undercover as wrestlers, though. Yeah. So, like in normal life, how do we get on yeah, in our crime fighting? We're running distraction. We're actually wrestlers. It's only them two. So, that... so we're not undercover. No, it's so only I'm actually dead. You know, this is your wrestling gimmick. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's um That's my gimmick. I pretend to be dead. Yes. Harold the Ambitious and Disco Dancer Kevin Prancer are undercover. Right. The other the other lot are We're just real wrestlers. Are, are wrestlers who who agree to help for a fee. And he said and then uh, Harold and Prancer say if we're going to do this, we're picking our own team. And they, they say, they, right. They've chosen me. <laughs> they say, right, we're having brass ovaries and she unit. I'd pick them as well. The toughest yeah, sons I'd, of bitches. I'd pick them. The toughest daughters of bitches. Is that what you say? Is that the correct well, vernacular? I, I mean, I don't want to get beaten up, but you could just call them the toughest bitches. The toughest bitches in bitch town. In Bethlehem. <laughs> in Bethlehem. Ah oh, yes. Two girls, no fucks. They're coming in and they're going to be running... Um... Can we put an X on the end of fucks? Yes. Yeah. And then also, we're going to need some guys with the the acrobatic skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of them has got a question mark on his head. And, <laughs> and it's not acrobatic at all. <laughs> and the other one who's dead. Who's <laughs> clinically dead. And totally immobile. 
What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Carl Weathers. The thing is, I don't Captain think Captain Carl Weathers, is, he, is this all right? This is our team. <laughs> he goes, Arr. What I like is I'd love the action scenes of them fighting and me sort of flying about and then it cuts to a really quiet room. <laughs> And then the flying corpse is just, <laughs> just lying. me in the middle of the ring. That's their elbow dropping me. Both of Not them. even that. Just, <laughs> just just cuts to an empty room with you in it. You're just lying there, just totally motionless. Just, just with my arm out waiting for a tag. <laughs> waiting to be tagged in. Draped over the corner. <laughs> yeah. and uh, Draped we, over the turnbuckle. But as I say, you, you'll see all the fight scenes and stuff, and then it'll cut interspersed to just very, very quiet scenes of just a... Basically, the flying corpse will be put into like a like a food-serving trolley. Yeah. And wheeled into the... Um, into the building for the the uh, <laughs> the, the security guards so they can have their lunch and then we distract them all to leave so the corpse can go and get the the egg and as we're all fighting we're why, saying why would they eat dinner off a trolley with a corpse on it <laughs> no they, they don't know the corpse is in it but because you're so silent we can put you in there with them <laughs> that's easier than somebody who's just alive but quiet well yes because I'll tell you why. We then raise the distraction. Oh. Two girls, no fucks. They yeah. start raising hell in the lobby. Question mark face. Senor question mark. Yeah, senor question mark face. He's disabling security systems by wriggling through, you know, diving about, doing sunset flips and mm. moonsaults yeah. through lasers and shit to deactivate it to allow you to go and pick the Fabergé egg up. And as all this is happening, it cuts to you and... <laughs> Every now and again, to totally silent room, and you just lying motionless on the floor. Uh, am I during these scenes? Am I getting closer to the egg? No. <laughs> I'm going to point out that as far as the plan goes, using a corpse <laughs> to be the one to actually complete the task. <laughs> it's terrible planning. <laughs> if, I mean, I could understand it if, like, frame by frame, I was getting closer to the Fabergé egg Michael. somehow. And then I'm just about, um, you know, getting the, the lasers cut in time. That's my main bad guy, time. Your time is, no, of, of not, is not of the essence for you, Ken. Uh, You've already got... He's the enemy of us all, except me. Except you. Yeah. <laughs> I have other enemies, such as uh, <laughs> Decay. Rig- r- rigor mortis. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's spotted it as well. He's a step ahead of us, and he's, he notices that the cameras have been tricked, and that they they blink momentarily, and they notice that the, the um, corpse, the flying corpse, is in there. And he's like, my God, there's someone in there. <laughs> Thankfully, I think he's dead, <laughs> so it's not a problem. <laughs> Stone Cold goes in. Yeah, get him out of there. Unless he's dead, he's a serious security risk. And he's it, like, no, it's okay. It basically leads the he elite. Is dead. It leads the the audience to think that we failed in our mission. We're all escaping with our lives, and um, Stone Cold bursts into the room, and the security guards are like, "What's going on?" Because and he thought he saw a flick with the corpse, but just as the uh, the food trolley's being, <laughs> oh, I'm being, back in, being moved out. <laughs> 
So, so my entire part is I'm in a room. I'm in a food trolley. I get taken out of the food trolley. I move, you don't get I taken don't... out. <laughs> Who told you you get taken out? <laughs> don't over the fucking egg your part again. <laughs> okay, so so somebody wheels me into a room in the in a food in a trolley. Uh, I stay in the trolley. Yeah. Steve Austin. No, uh, no. The trolley, the latch just like opens, just breaks open because <laughs> you're leaning against it. Okay, so my and then you my, spill my, out. My dead weight <laughs> leans against the trolley. It opens. I fall out like a sack of shit onto the floor. Yeah. yeah. Jack action sees it, thinks something's going on. Nothing's going on though, due to death. <laughs> he comes in and. Someone's put me back in the trolley and wheeled well, me out. It's 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 totally fine, and the pe- the um the guards are back in. They've had their lunch. They've wheeled it out, and everyone's there at the end. There, he's thinking, not going to like this action. Everyone's there thinking at the end that they've failed. You know, we're all escaping from the yacht in a cargo. She's got loads of like trolleys and stuff on it. We've just escaped, and um, Kevin Prancer does a little aggressive dance because he's so upset what's just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he kicks one of the not the old aggressive dance. He kicks one of the and uh, obviously question mark. Oh, senior, so Harold the ambitious has been telling him just to calm his emotions because that aggressive dance gives them away. And Senor question mark face is obviously upset at the, losing his tag team partner. And uh, well, where am I? That's what well, we don't know. And disco dancer Kevin Prancer kicks one of the trolleys that's on our yacht thing that we're escaping on, and you fall out of it. And said, so, well, at least we've got the flying corpse back if nothing else. We're just going to have to tell them that um, we we didn't get the egg. And then all of a sudden, your hand falls down, and in the hand is the Fabergé egg. So I've succeeded. You've succeeded. Ag- against all odds, I've somehow obtained the egg. And Jack Action has a closer look at the egg, and you've replaced it with a Kinder egg. <laughs> much, much smaller. Yeah. And wrapped in... Foil. Yes. You've replaced it with a Cadbury's <laughs> what's Easter inside, egg. What's the toy though, inside? Because obviously I'm guessing he's going to open it and just eat it. It's a flying corpse action figure. <laughs> like a stretch Armstrong. You remember elastic, them? An elastic band. <laughs> just yeah, you just four, fire it across the room. Four elastic bands <laughs> with a silver fucking mask on the top of it. Ah, And that's uh, that gives us some merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's a bit odd, isn't it? No. <laughs> I think that's fine. Everyone signed up? I don't see why not. Who would say no? Gina Carano will say yes at this point. Ronda, what's she doing now? She's not in the WWE. Terry Crews? Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not Scott Atkins. Oh, they'll do it. It's a bit of fun. Carl Weathers, obviously, because it's us. Yeah, well, he's, 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 he's on contract. Me and you will do it. Yeah, we're in. Stone Cold. And done a film for a bit, has he? Yep, so he'll be in. We need a, a name for it, though. That's the thing. What? That film. I haven't got a name for it. So I'm thinking, basing it on um, Jungle Cruise, if mm. we just go Rumble Rumble Cruise. I like it. That'll do me. Rumble Cruise. Rumble Cruise. Yeah. Any other questions? Can you happy with that? Uh, it's a, yeah, yeah, go on then. Why not? I've, I've signed up. Yeah. I've signed up. I'm, I'm the flying corpse. Yeah, you are. Yep. Yeah. And with that, we will bring this episode of the podcast to a close. Thank you, as always, to my co-host, Ken B. Wild. Hello. Oh, no, goodbye. 
So what do you think of this week's episode, guys? What do you think of this week's film, Malibu uh, Express? Like... Oh, sorry. I Not see you. you. I saw you're still talking to me. Was it better than Hard Ticket to Hawaii? No. Do you want to see us cover more Andy Sidaris films? No. And his Lethal Ladies series? No. Let us know. No. The email address is badmoviecult at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, well, you can. You just need to search the Bad Movie Cult discussion group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by simply leaving us an Apple Podcast rating or review, which is a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. You can find all podcast episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on this podcast on our website. That's www.badmoviecult.com. So join us again in two weeks' time when we will be back with another movie review deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult Podcast. Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Look what he's making it do. That's disgusting. Blow him away. I can't. All I see is pits. <laughs>